Hello, it's Friday evening. This is over and over and over again. We're live and this is the Europa League Aftermath Show. I'm Richard, this is over and over and over again and tonight we're going to be dissecting last night's um, Arsenal performance in the Europa League, obviously knocked out uh, at the semi-final and looking at what happens now really as, as a club move forward and, and what things need to change or do things need to change, uh, we will get into the discussion. I've got some great guests actually joining me, it's going to be a great show, we're really looking forward to it. First of all, of course, he is our resident panellist on the show we can't do a show on this channel without having him involved. It is, of course, Melvin. How you doing, Melvin? You all right? Yeah, fine, thanks. I like that uh, thing you put on. Good old Arsenal. Oh, yeah. Good old days. It's been good, good old isn't it? They should have played it last night before the teams came out. That would have gotten going. Yeah, you're right. A bit of inspiration. Yeah, exactly. Inspired me to do a show, actually. So I'm quite <laughs> pleased about that. So uh, that, that's all good. And also, as well, joining us tonight, he's been on a couple of times before. Always a pleasure. It is um, Jerome. How are you doing, Jerome? You all right? Good evening, yeah. Fine, thank you. Look, looking forward to, uh, as you said, dissecting last night. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to it. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, we, we need to get it out of our system, I think, don't we, really? It's therapy, yeah. isn't it, at the end of the day? What yeah. we do is therapy as well. So. Yeah. Um, we've got some more guests joining us as well. He wasn't actually on the intro there because um, um, I wasn't sure if he was definitely coming on when I made it. So, um, But it is it's day from the Out and Out Gunners podcast. How are you doing, mate? You're right. Good, Rich. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, good evening, lads, or should I say good evening, whichever we want to call it tonight. But uh, yeah, thanks again for having me on, Rich. Um, it'll be grand to have some therapy and get over this uh, this diabolical season, I think, just once and for all. It has been, yeah. It has been a pretty poor season. And we've got uh, one more guest joining us as well. It's always a pleasure. He's been on quite a few times before. He's, of course, um, Paul Dorsey Dawes. How you doing, mate? You right? Nice one, mate. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to trying to make sense of uh, kind of what's happened last night and try and sum it up, really, which I think is is a lot harder than we think it might be. But um, no, looking forward to being a part of it. That's always, that's always a pleasure to, to have you involved. So that is your great um, panel for tonight. It's going to be good. And this will be discussing um, everything to do with Arsenal. So, obviously, we can only really start one place, can't we? That's obviously last night's game. Um, obviously, we all um, we all saw it. We will all be disappointed with, with the final outcome and, and the performance as well. Just really, and I've not, I've not spoken to any of you guys since. Um, I've not really spoken to anybody at all about it, if I'm totally honest. After the game last night, I was quite depressed um, and needed some time to think. I didn't even do a video today, actually, which I would normally have done. So... Um, I mean, it obviously wasn't the performance that we wanted or, or hoped for. But personally, for me, I wasn't surprised by what I saw, unfortunately. And it, it kind of sums up the season in a lot of ways. I mean, Melvin, can I come to you first. What did you, what were your thoughts going into the game, maybe when you saw the team line up and then your kind of thoughts on the actual performance when it unfolded? I thought that uh, the team was all right. It's quite attack-minded, which I liked. 
I thought I didn't mind Bellerin at right back, funnily enough, because I thought he might, every so often he does put in a shift. He gets one game out of five, and I was hoping this was his fifth game. He's actually going to do well. But once after five minutes, you knew what was going to happen for the rest of the game. And your expectation, my expectations, plummeted after the first five minutes. Because I've read the book, got the T-shirt, seen it, done it, and everything. So, as you say, no real surprise. It's such a shame. Because when we play at home and we win our games, it's normally when we start on the front foot, the first 10, 20 minutes, we can kill the other team, whoever they are. You know, we've done it with so many big teams as well over the last few seasons. But when we sit back at home, like we're frightened to let in a goal at home, then you've got no chance. You've got no chance, I'm sorry. And we were actually lucky not to lose the game, let alone draw nil-nil. Yeah, no, um, I've got what we deserved, my friend, gentlemen. Got what we deserved. Yeah, we did. I think certainly over the two legs, we definitely got what we deserved. I don't think there's any doubt a better team over the two games went through. I mean, Joanne, what did you make of the, the team lineup first of all then? And, you know, I know it was the problem with Granite Jacker in the warm-up, actually, which, you know, we had to make a late change. I don't think Kieran Tini was anywhere near fit enough to have played, to be honest, but he came in and, and did the best he could have done, I guess, in the circumstances. I mean, do you feel yeah. that was a factor maybe or not really? I mean, he wasn't as effective as he may have been if he was fit, was he, Kieran Tierney, which may have made a difference, perhaps. I think that was um, playing Tierney was just one of the many one of the many mistakes. I, to be honest with you, when, when I saw the lineup, like most people, there weren't too many complaints because a lot of those names, especially the attacking players, like they're the players that we want to see, maybe Bar Martinelli. Other than that, you know, Odegaard, Smith Rowe, Saka, they're the players you want to see. But as you mentioned, Tierney, you cannot you you cannot have Tierney playing if he's not one hundred percent fit. Because if you have an unfit Tierney, you haven't got Kieran Tierney on the pitch. You might as well not even have him there because you're not all, all his great attributes aren't going to be used if he's not fit. And that was that was a big mistake. As the game went on, having Part is the only midfielder, another big mistake. Um, and yeah, as as you, as you've said already, you you could tell after 10, 15 minutes this ain't going to go well. You, you've always got the hope that that you know the, the boys can turn it around and find something, but it just it just didn't happen at all. And um, they looked like they had an extra man on the pitch for the Real. Um, and yeah, re really disappointing. No, no one showed up. You can go through the whole team, and um, sometimes you can like pick some positive, you know, some positive performances normally. But unfortunately, last night it's hard to it's hard to say. Ah, oh, this guy played well. Um, you've really got to think, you know, think deep about about that. So yeah, dis disappointing. And um, but you know, as we said, you know, we didn't didn't deserve it on the night. No, we didn't. And, and that, I think that's that's more of a disappointment for me. You know, I can take losing games. I can take getting knocked out of cup competitions if you feel as though the, the team's given everything they could possibly have given to get through. And I don't think they, they didn't appear as though they did last night. And that, that's unforgivable mm. for me, um, as, far as, I can, as far as I can see it. I mean, David, what did you make of the, the, the team selection? Do you think he should have maybe started Martinelli? I know it's easy to say now because we didn't score and he may have made a difference. But were you surprised he was left out? I wasn't rich to be honest because I think he played son when he played Sunday and he played the whole game Sunday I kind of knew he wasn't going to start Thursday night I thought that summed it up there you know but um, 
team selection look as as the lads had said no no real problems with it it's only kind of when the game transpired is when the the issues i suppose came to light but look it was i suppose it was a flip up pepe had scored last week against Villarreal, and look he's he, he he he's done okay in the europa league so i look i didn't have uh, too many problems with it that like i said wasn't re- wasn't fit either so i was okay with Aubameyang starting up front no as a, um starting off with the team when we got it on paper everyone was happy and then we just didn't expect to see that performance no urgency no no nothing there didn't look to be i didn't don't think there was a player that could go off and say look i done all right you know there was we we kind of wasted the whole first half doing nothing um we just let it pass us by we puffed and puffed a little bit for the start of the the second half and then we kind of just died a death again um look it's it's just super disappointing when you play a european semi-final and you feel like you you come off it and, and come away from the game feeling like we didn't really give it a, a fair go or we didn't give it a good go that's probably the worst thing to take from it i think no, no, exactly. Yeah, as I said, you know, if, if you lose to a better team because you've given everything and they were still better than you, you can't really have too many complaints, I guess. But last night, I say I didn't feel that we did that at all. I mean, Dorsey, I know you've been a, a big kind of supporter of Arteta most of the season, actually. Um, have you changed your mind yet or, or after last night? I mean, do you think he, he got he got things wrong last night or do you think the, the issues are maybe not directly related to the, to the manager? I think, I mean, in First of all, I mean the team lineup, same as everybody else. It didn't didn't overly surprise me. I was quite pleased with the lineup, but if I'm being honest, I, I don't take too much. I don't really look at the lineup too much. I kind of wait for the first five ten minutes of, it, of any game, and it doesn't really matter what eleven players are out there. You can get a, a pretty good idea of, of how a game's going to pan out um, in the first five ten minutes, as Melvin t- touched on a bit earlier. Um, with regards to Arteta, um, I I am behind him. Um, I, I do acknowledge that he's made plenty of mistakes this year. Um, it's just such a big question. I just for me, I just don't understand or I don't see who you bring in if you get rid of him. I think when I when I look at what's happened in the first the last couple of years under um, Benga, what happened under under Emery. And then obviously what's happened under Arteta, there's a there's a common denominator common denominator in there, and that's that's the players. Now I know Arteta's brought in players, um, but also I mean you look at Party. I mean Thomas Party for me, he didn't look anywhere near fit enough to play that game last night. Now I know he played defensive midfield pretty much on his own. I know he covered a lot of ground, but he didn't look fit. He looked tired after 15, 20 minutes. He looked he looked like he was struggling. So. Most of the players that Arteta is bringing in, I think you, you always give them a season really to, to kind of bed in, see how they settle in and, and, and the season after they kind of, hopefully they kick on. But I mean, Mikel, he definitely got to look in the mirror and just try and he's got to try something different if he is going to stay in the job. Um, because what happened last night, the performance, if you can't, for Arsenal Football Club, if you can't get up for a semi-final knowing that you've only got to win that game 1-0. It's not like you're two, three, four goals behind and you've got to really go for it. We only needed one goal um, to go through. And it just, the old the old expression, releasing the handbrake, that's what it kind of felt like last night, especially that first half. It looked, the team looked scared to concede. They looked, they looked there was a lot of fear in the team, I felt. But 
the performance wasn't good enough. Like everybody said, we didn't deserve to go through over the course of the two legs. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what the board do over the summer. I do think Arteta will still be there next year. Um, but I think his, his cards are probably numbered. Um, he's got to start the season pretty strongly if he's going to see the end of it. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of points there, actually, which, um, you know, you said um, who could replace him. Well, yeah. I would say pretty much anybody else could replace him that's currently managing or not managing that has managed previously. Personally, that's how I feel. I think yeah. there are plenty of managers out there that would be a better option at this moment in time. Um, whether we could get them to the other issue, I guess, and whether the board want to, you know, pay out to get them, I guess. But in terms of the players as well, I mean, last night, how many of that, how many of that starting eleven actually played in under Wenger? Probably two or three, maybe. Yeah, there wasn't um, many of them at all. Yeah, Bellerin not many. Holden, of them Yang only got a half a season with with with, with Wenger, didn't he? So th th these are new players, and a lot of them didn't even play under Emery actually, and. The attitude seems to be the same, I agree, but they're different yeah. players and they've been coached by, there's been three different coaches in the last two years, two and a half years, isn't there now? Actually. Yeah. And the turnover of players, I think, has been quite high when you look at it, players in, into the into the squad, into the, the first team. You know, I know we've had a few young players come through, obviously, <laughs> ESR and Saka that were at the club under Wenger, but didn't really break through until Uno Emery came um, and they've really pushed on this season, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I did want to actually touch on a little bit of, of Arteta's comments after the game. I don't know whether you guys listened to his interviews and his press conference afterwards. He seemed to be making a hell of a lot of excuses in terms of injuries, players not fit. Um, I mean, I don't know whether he understands that in football, that's kind of part of the job. You're not always going to have all your best players 100% fit all the time when you need them. It's just life, isn't it? And I, I don't know, I felt personally that he made a lot of excuses last night afterwards, which he hasn't really necessarily done before as much. No. But he seemed just literally pouring out of him excuse after excuse. You know, the players wasn't fit. Hugh and Tini wasn't ready to play. Aubameyang just had malaria. Lacazette could only play 10 minutes. And yes, all, all those factors are, are, are true. Um, but equally, you know, um, Villarreal were, were out without two of their key players. I don't know what fitness their players are at. We don't know. They looked a little bit fitter maybe through the game. But I don't know. I, I wasn't happy with his excuses. I'd rather he just come out and maybe was honest and said, you know what, we wasn't good enough on the night. And just kind of left it at that rather than trying to find excuses for, for why it might have happened. I mean, what, what did you make of his comments, Melvin? Were you kind of... Surprised by it, that's what it was because he doesn't normally do that, does he? Really, not to that degree. I saw the comments, and now you've told me, I'll, I'll take it in, but I, I just didn't want to listen to it, to be honest with you, after the game. I couldn't be bothered listening to anything. But if you make those comments, my answer would be you don't pay play, pay players that are not fit. You mentioned the that are 100% fit, don't play them. You haven't got a, a squad of 12 players. We had family on the on the um, bench. Did we have you know Cedric? I'm not saying he's a left back, but he could have done a job. At least he's fit. You're talking about Bamiang. If he's not fit, you've got Martinelli playing and bring Bamiang on later if need be. And who's the other one that wasn't fit? You said. Um, oh, Lacazette. We didn't to start with him anyway. We didn't start with him anyway. So let's let's get rid of that one. You don't. If our squad. Because we've got three injured players we can't play, then I'm sorry, we shouldn't have the size squad we've got because the other players shouldn't be playing for us. They should be good enough to step up 
the first 20 or 22 players should be good enough to step up. And we worried about two or three players not being 100% fit. Sorry, I'm not, not accepting that as any excuse. No, no, no I'm, I'm not either, but that, that was what he, he was using. I mean, Joanne, what did you make of his comments after the game? I'll tell Yeah, he's, he's trying, obviously, defend himself, but to be totally honest, um, since maybe since Wenger, maybe the last couple of years of Wenger up until now, I, I don't really take much notice of what the managers say because it doesn't, it's for me, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's all empty words. They might say things that they don't mean, and I don't really care about what they say. I want to see what's happening on the pitch. That's you know, then you, you can, uh, you can, it's easier to judge that than to judge what a manager says, but um. He's not gonna. He's not gonna come out all the time and say, "Look, hold my hands up. I got it wrong." Because that, you know, he, managers just don't really do that. Um, but yeah, he's. I'm. I'm one of those, to be honest, that isn't massively Arteta out. But he's not. He's not. He's not making my position easy now. Um, with a. With his with his actions, because that's what matters to me. It's the team teams he picks, the players he selects, formations, all of that stuff is what I really care about. What he what he says in press conferences, I yeah, I'm not really bothered about it to be honest. No, no, exactly. I mean, I, I kind of agree, but there's a point here in the chat actually um, from Mufudzi says we all we all agree we didn't deserve to go through. But I actually said in his interview straight after the match that we deserve to go through. He said we were unlucky. And he's asked for our thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, that was almost what I was touching on. He, he made a lot of excuses. And he did say that, actually, didn't he? That he felt that we deserved to go through. And we were unlucky. Yeah, we were unlucky that we hit the post with that header from Aubameyang. But um, that's all we had in a 90-minute game when we needed to win. And that obviously is really not enough, is it? I mean, did you feel that we were unlucky in some aspects over the two legs? Or not, or not really? Yeah, Jerome, yeah. go on. Ah, no, we were we weren't we were we were lucky to still be in still be in the tie after the first leg. Uh, so we were more lucky than unlucky. Yeah, we hit the post a couple of times, but they were pretty much our only chances. You've had, I think, we had two shots on target over two games. So I wouldn't say we were unlucky at all. If, if anything, the the opposite that you know we were, we were still very much in it because, like you said, one goal. We would have gone through. Um, so, yeah. Nah, we weren't we weren't unlucky. I mean, that, that Dave, what do you make of that, that, that comment then from Arteta? That he, he's saying that he thought we were unlucky when none of us seemed to think that we were. Uh, and no one else spoke to seemed to think that we were. I mean, what do you make of him saying that? Do you think that's just, I don't know, trying to um, deflect it from himself? Or do you think he just actually really believes that? I don't know, Richard. It's a weird one because he, he, he says that a lot in games. He's always talking about, oh, there's margins and we were unlucky. And that's, this isn't the first time he said this. I don't. I think it's probably because the heat hasn't been on him as much. We've kind of let it slide a little bit. Yeah. But I think even in his press conferences recently when he made that comment going, oh, if you, if you got to know the Crankies, you'd like them and all this kind of thing as well. It's like, yeah. you know, he's not doing himself any favours there. And then Last night, um, no, the press conference last night, I didn't. I, I, I watched it because I wanted to hear what he said, but to, to for what he said in it, I was kind of thinking, Jesus, why did I end up watching that? Because he, as he, he made the excuses of the players being injured, 
and then he said we were unlucky. He was talking about the likes of Tierney and, as you said, and losing Jacka before the game and that. But we 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 were our own downfall. We we didn't score a goal from open play over the two legs. Our goal was a penalty from from a dive. Let's be honest. <laughs> so you, you get you get what you put in and. <laughs> That that that's where we was. We we had instant match re- reactions with you, Rich, before and or after. Sorry, some of the Europa League games, and we had mentioned after the Benfica game, after the Olympiacos game, if we were playing anyone better, we'd be gone. And we we're kind of thinking we're when is it going to run out? And then maybe that's what happened last night. You you could argue better then than getting slapped by United in the final. I mean, personally, I'd rather be in a final and take our chances because we <laughs> United, haven't we? So who knows? I mean, at least we'd have had a chance of winning it, I guess. Now we don't, and that, that's probably disappointing. I mean, Dorsey, can, can you kind of defend Arteta saying that he felt we were unlucky? Can you defend him saying that, really? Or do you think he's just literally backed into a corner and didn't know what else to do? No, I think he's... Uh, listen, I think a lot of... Uh, and you're right. I've been a, I've been behind Arteta for a, a, a huge portion of this season. I've, I've got to be honest. Over the last two or three months, that's kind of that has weakened um, with, with with some of the some of the things I've seen. I think over the course of the two legs, a lot of it sits at his feet. He got it all wrong in the first leg with the false nine formation. Just it wasn't wasn't going to work at all. Um, he made the changes too late in the first leg. Um, I did watch the the post match press conference, and yeah, it was it was full of excuses, excuses that if you're a fan, you you know that Granite Xhaka pulling out last minute, you know that's not gonna, it's not helpful. You know having to play Kieran Tierney who's not fit is not helpful. I think Cedric, <clears throat> I think he mentioned earlier on in the week had just come back from an injury as well, so obviously that was a, maybe a reason why he didn't play him. Party didn't look right. There was, I mean, yeah, obviously a bummy Yang's coming back from Malaya. So all, all of these things are factors, but they're already things that we don't know. We we all we already know these things. So he doesn't need to come out and and kind of defend. I I would rather he just came out and, like you said, Rich, and just said, look, over the course of the two legs, we weren't good enough. Mm. I hold my hands up. I got it wrong, and and that's it. We we we, we try and move on as a team, and we try and. We try and build from off of it, but yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't overly enjoy the post-match press conference, and we certainly um, weren't unlucky to go out um, by any means. So no, I, I can't defend him much on on that. I mean, in a way, I mean, I would respect him more if he was honest and said, "Yeah, we wasn't good enough." Mm-hmm over the two games. We didn't do enough and, and we didn't deserve to go through rather than saying, you know, does he, does he think nobody watched the game because there's no fans <laughs> in the stadium or we were unlucky? Oh, well, we're unlucky. Well, never mind. We, we, maybe we'll get more luck next time. You know what I mean? So we, no, one, no one watched how we played. You know, no, the other thing that Dave, the other thing that Dave mentioned earlier as well about him coming out about the Cronkies the other day. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'd rather he just didn't say anything. Like, don't come out and defend him because you're just you're gonna you're gonna make yourself look stupid. We, we've all been invested in the club for long enough to know that these guys are not good for the club in any way, shape, or form. So we're all very much united in that sense. So yeah, I mean, he's he's not going to win any fans, is he, by coming out and saying, "Oh, if you get to know them, like you, you, they're they're all right." Honestly, they're all right. They give him a two hundred and fifty million pound check in the summer, then he might be a bit better, but. <laughs> yeah, it ain't going to happen. So, yeah, I'd just yeah, rather yeah, sometimes yeah. you just didn't say anything. 
Yeah, he, he's made a few strange comments. I mean, since all this European Super League stuff, you know, he, he has defended the Cronkies a lot, hasn't he? And, you know, yeah. there, was, there was a big protest outside the stadium, obviously, last Friday before the game, which he was aware of. So he knows the fans' feelings himself. So to still continue to defend the Cronkies, like you said, he's better off not talking about, it, isn't he? Saying, yeah. you know, let's focus on the football or whatever in, in the, and get away from that issue rather than... Rich. With that. And it's certainly not done him any favours in terms of getting support from the fans because surely he knows what the feelings are now. If he didn't before, he must know how the fans feel about it. Like Can that. I just add, guys, as well, I'm literally yeah. here on the telly behind me, Joe Willock is after scoring yeah. another goal for Newcastle. Has he? Why can't he be in the squad? Why, like, how are we watching him score for Newcastle when we can't we can't get a goal from our midfield that is existing with us? And then as well, even to to compound it even further, our under twenty threes are losing to West Ham currently as well. So they are going to get relegated out of the top division of the under twenty threes. So even that, we're going backwards that way. Joe Willock was the one I didn't want to see go out. I really, I really thought he had a place in that squad. I really thought there was there was other players, certainly in that midfield, which you could argue is our weakest area. That he he was he was yeah, different yeah. to the other midfielders that we've got. Yeah. So I, I, I was a bit yeah. The, I wasn't happy that he went out. The only thing I would maybe defend Arteta on that particular issue is I think Willock's had plenty of opportunities. He's played 70, 80 odd games for Arsenal and. In the Premier League, he hasn't been consistent enough in his performances. I, I, I don't think he's done okay in some of the cup games against some lesser oppositions in the Europa League, etc. But in the Premier League, he's played plenty of games in the Premier League for Arsenal, and he hasn't been consistent enough. He's only scored one Premier League goal for Arsenal in his whole career, and now he's got five for Newcastle. So maybe Newcastle's style suits him. I'm not sure what the difference is, but he never did that for Arsenal. He, he's played a lot of games, so. I can maybe understand why he was sent out on loan and it seems to have done him good. And if he does yeah. come back, it might actually benefit his career because sometimes players go out, out on loan, play well, come back and really push on. And maybe that's what will happen. Or maybe it'll be that he's never going to make it at Arsenal when he, he moves away and maybe joins Newcastle and does well for them. I don't know. But I, I, I understand why he was sent out on loan. I think it was the right decision. And I'm glad he's doing well, actually, because it's good for his career and, you know, it yeah. might end up being good for us. And we have had quite a few comments in the chat before we move on. Shane there says, hi, lad, great guest tonight. Cronky out, Arteta out, players out. We'd all play. That, that, might be, that might be the answer. Start again. Um, uh, and Neil from Agunasotia says, evening, lads. He says, hope you're all well. Um, and as well as can be, yeah, exactly, as well as can be. And uh, we've got flyers as well. It's <laughs> not good enough. <laughs> Does anybody That's know that is? Yeah, it's my boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> my eldest. It's good that he's in the uh, in the. Shouldn't show. be allowed. Boys and uh, men and boys on the same. Um, no, you shouldn't. Men and their sons <laughs> on the same <laughs> program, should it? That should be banned on the show. It's just not right, is it? What can you do? <laughs> not um, right at all. Neil says there yeah, we lost the game in midfield. Party left isolated with ESR and yeah. Odegaard attacking. Although he said correction, not attacking, moving forward. Well, yeah, that's probably about right. And going back to the earlier question about who played under uh, Wenger, he said Cockerlan played under Wenger. He did actually, and I actually thought he had a great game last <laughs> night for Villarreal. Yeah, he uh, played well. He did, he did play well. So um, going, he was he was a, Richard, a good performance there. Um, Richard, going back to Willock. Yeah. Um, what do you think about it? A manager's qualities is how how we can get the best out of players, and I haven't yet seen our manager get the best out of our players. So he let go, Maitland-Niles and Willock, and the other managers have got the best out of them. So for me, that's another negative. 
It's a worry, isn't it? No, it is, it is a worry. And it's not just those two that he's not managed to get the best out of, is it? When you look through this season in particular, there's been lots of players that haven't, you know, that maybe dropped levels that they had before or some haven't maybe progressed as we hoped that they would. We look at the well, They've progressed elsewhere, though, Richard. They've progressed elsewhere. Yeah. That's what I'm making. Two managers who some people yeah. don't have got the greatest uh, admiration for are getting the best out of these players. And he yeah. hasn't. No, no, I, I totally agree with that. And that's been one of our biggest problems all season. I've been saying that a lot of the season with a lot of these players. They don't seem to be flourishing under Arteta, do they? For whatever reason, you know, that, that needs to be looked at as well. Um, and Neil has, again, has said about Cedric, he said Cedric should have been playing, but Dorsey was right. He did mention, didn't he, that he had had some issue as well, Cedric, this week. So that might have been why he wasn't playing. Uh, he's not experienced enough. Yeah, we, we know he's not experienced enough. And he says, I really like him and was desperate to see him succeed um, first time, but he needs more experience. He does need more experience. I, we need somebody with more experience at the club as well. He said if he was joining a strong ship, then it may have been different. It clearly would have probably been looking at what he did at Man City. He came from a very strong club, but he was joining literally a sinking ship, which required so much work, um, pressure from off. Exactly. That, that is one of the biggest issues, isn't it? That the job was probably too big for somebody like Arteta, unfortunately, at that point in his, in his career. Um, and of course, what the club did was because he won the FA Cup, they promoted him to manager instead of first team coach, whatever it was, giving him even more responsibility. And he's kind of crumbled under that, hasn't he? Um, Neil says again there, he's very lucky there's no fans in the stadium. Well, I mean, we've said it before. I've said it on his channel that I think he'd have been sacked before Christmas if there'd been fans in the stadium, losing four home games in a row in the Premier League. We've never done that before. I don't think he would have survived that with fans in the stadium, personally. Um, Ryan's in the chat as well, Aiden Ryan. Thanks for, for tuning in. Um, Terry as well. Good evening, Richard and guests. Um, Shane Ryan, agreeing with yeah, Thanks for tuning in, Terry. Good, good to see you again. Um, and uh, Ryan said, "There, in a week of celebrating Arsenal's past, last night was so damning of how far things have fallen." That's a very good point, actually. I mean, we've had a couple of shows, haven't we, this week, celebrating the double 50th year of the 1971 double, and um, it does put it into perspective, doesn't it? Where you know, our great, a great past that we've got, a great history that we've got as a club, some great moments, and now we're having to see it crumbling quite dramatically. I mean, are you surprised? I mean, I, I want to I get all of your opinion on this, actually. Are you surprised at how quickly things have fallen apart, actually, in, in what, two or three years from, you know, we, we were one of the powerhouses of the Premier League, wasn't we? You know, George Graham started it really in, in the late 80s in, into the start of the Premier League, and then obviously Arsene Wenger took it on. And we were a powerhouse in the Premier League, even in European football. We were, you know, we were getting regular quarterfinals of the Champions League. And the, the drop away has been so fast for me. Usually you could see it maybe taking over a course of time. But suddenly we've gone from challenging for the top four. It almost feels like last season. I know it wasn't, but it almost feels like it. We were challenging for the top four. And now we're, you know, struggling in mid-table. It's happened so quickly. I mean, are you surprised by that, Melbourne, how quickly it's all kind of crumbled? Not at all. Not at all. I think it's been a, a slow decline over the years. I mean, we've got to remember that uh, it's our foundations that have been shattered over the last few years, like eight or nine years. And once the foundations go, you can't see them going, but once they go, it just collapses. And that's what's happened the last 18 months. It's all of a sudden, it's just what happened there. And we're looking at each other going, this can't be Arsenal, but it is. That's where we are. We're in the right position in the league. We're in the, you know, we're, I couldn't see us getting to the final or even get to the semi-final. 
of this European competition that we did. We got knocked out of the FA Cup because we didn't think it was important enough. You know, we got knocked out of the League Cup because we played a rookie goalkeeper who didn't bring both hands to the game. I mean, we are where we are because we deserve it. So, uh, you know, this has been going on for a long time now. I mean, even before, you know, even when Wenger was there, the last few seasons there, you can see it was just draining from the club. The blood was coming out of the club slowly. And, it's, and all of a sudden, it becomes the gush out. The last two years, it's gushed out. And we are where we are. And if you, if you want to ask the question, well, where do we go from here? How can it ever get better? I don't want it to happen and it won't happen. But sometimes you've got to flush the toilet. Perhaps the owners, stroke management, stroke uh, directors, must look at, will only look at themselves to get relegated. I don't want it to happen. All of a sudden, if they get relegated, they suddenly go, on well, in a minute, we've got to do something now. You know, we think we're better than we are. We're not. We're in the championship. Now what do we do? And, and as I say, you've got to sometimes take, hit the bottom before you can actually rally at all. And we haven't hit that bottom yet. I think we've still got a little, you know, next year, all things being equal, we're going to be in the top four, top six, top eight, I think so. We could be even worse. You don't know. All this about spending money. What's the point of spending money when we buy the wrong players anyway with the wrong attitude? You know, they should do, you know, you, you should, you just don't buy a player by looking at him when he's on the YouTube. I, could, I probably looked good a couple of years ago on YouTube, well, quite a few years ago on YouTube, but I'm wasn't as good a footballer as any, as a, as a million, millions of people. You've got to have the right attitude, and it seems to me we seem to attract players with the wrong attitude. You know, it, it, it's soul destroying, it really is. And here's going back to your one, Richard. Talking about the past, yeah, I've seen bad um, teams of Arsenal, but they've always fought. No matter how poorly they've been, they've always fought. And not one team I can you know, in all the years we've been watching the Arsenal, we've given that performance in our home leg in the semi final, and that is where we are. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I can't argue with that. I mean, the, the point as well is I heard it somewhere today that we've not finished outside of the, the top. Um, six or seven, no, I think the top seven, two seasons running since the mid-1970s. That's how long it's been. And obviously we're on the verge of doing that now. And both seasons have been under Arteta, you know. And the last time we did that, I think it was 75 and 76, I think it was, when we finished maybe 16th and 17th or something like that. So, you know, we've never been this bad for that long, really, for this long period of time. We've had the odd poor season here and there and dropped in, but not two consecutive seasons in a row. And I, I, that, that kind of worries me, actually, that, you know, how we've got into this situation. I say, you know, lots of comings and goings have happened since the mid-70s, as we know. We've had lots of different managers. We've had some great teams. We've had some not-so-great teams. But we've never, ever finished lower than than the top seven, two seasons in a row since then, despite all those things that's gone on. And here we are now, in 2021, when, you know, we've got, this 60,000 seater stadium. We've, you know, we, uh, we've had, you know, unbeaten seasons, and we've had all this other stuff gone on, and we find ourselves in this in this absolute mess. I mean, I mean, do you know, can you kind of, I don't know, can you get your head around how quickly we've we've dropped away? That you know, suddenly now we are looking at becoming, or we have almost become, haven't we, a mid-table club, very very quickly from being a, a challenging into the top four, challenging for the top four every year. Even at the end of Wenger, we were still challenging for the top four. We didn't quite make it, um, and obviously Emery, we were challenging for the top four. So suddenly mm. now, you know, we, we're going to be finishing mid-table again. 
Yeah, I think it's um, it's down to a combination of a few factors. Something to consider is the last few years, there's been quite a few teams that have been just below us that have improved quite a lot. I mean, six, seven years ago, you'd never be talking about Leicester as a top four team, would you? They weren't probably even in the Premier League. They've jumped ahead of us. Uh, Spurs, well, you'd hate to say it, since Poch when Pochettino came and they sort of leapfrogged us. Um, and so it's been, so that's happened. Our, our recruitment's just been... I think the main thing is the recruitment has been so poor. Um, obviously, there's been loads of changes upstairs as well, like the scout that came in from uh, Michelin Tat, uh, St. Lehi. Um, there's just been so so many factors. Uh, I mean, what you know, the amount of players that have left that have left for free, like quality players that are worth a lot of money. And um, yeah. a, a mate of mine uh, early today I was speaking to was talking about you know let's bring Wenger back, and I said to him, that's all, that's all I said that's all well and good, but just remember Wenger spent close to seventy million quid on Jacker and Mustafi, so you know there's been lots of lots of factors that have contributed to this. And um, and yeah, I'd, it's gonna. I think it's going to be really hard. I think we've we've fallen so low that something big needs to happen to turn it around. And we're very lucky that Smith Rowe and Saka played a lot this season because without them, we'd be very. I think we'd be very close to the relegation zone. And that's not an exaggeration. Like yeah. that's. A, I think I think that's a fact. And um, and yeah, it's. I mean, if you look at this one, I say coming up. And you're looking at you. You put the squad down on a piece of paper, and you go through all of those players, whether you want to keep them or sell them. You know, probably half of those players you'd be happy to see go. So there's there's a lot of changes that need to happen in the summer, and whether whether they do or not, I don't know. But if if they don't make wholesale changes, if they don't blow this squad up, then it's only going to go one way, and that won't be up. No, no, definitely right. I mean, Russell made a good point there, actually. How are you doing, Russ? Thanks for tuning in. He said, West Ham in no way, shape or form have a better squad than we do. They do, however, have a better manager. And although we have been very critical of the players, and I think rightly so, um, I, I agree that the, the players with this squad, we shouldn't be 10th, 9th, 11th in the league. We should be challenging for the, in the top six. We should be pushing towards the top four with the players that we've got. <clears throat> In it, overall in the squad yes we've got some players that aren't good enough but i think everybody has so i think russell's got a good point now i i believe and if you look at say for example when chelsea sacked lampard we were above chelsea in the league they've got in a, a proper manager who knows what he's doing and suddenly they're in two cup finals and they're in the top four you know and mm. we and you know you could say that you know they've got the same they've got the same players because he hasn't had a transfer window and he's improved them now they've got better players than us. They've spent more money than us, and that's that's a factor. But ultimately, you can see that getting a, a manager, a better manager in, can get more out of the players that are there at the time. And I think that's the, definitely the case with us. I think with the players that we've got, we would be in a better position in the league if we had a better a better manager. And yes, we need better players as well if we're going to get where we want to be again, which is back in the top four and all that kind of stuff. But. Even now, I think with a better manager with this players, we could do better. We could have been doing better. We'd have got to that final, you know, because Villarreal are not a great side, are they? They're a decent team. They're well organised, but it wasn't a great side. And 
you know, I'm sure we'll see in the final what Man United do against them um, before too long. So we'll see what happens. I mean, well, what are your thoughts on that then, Dave? Obviously, um, you know, what Russ has put there about, about West Ham's squad uh, with a better manager. Do you think that we would have been doing better this season with these same players? Or do you think <clears> this is maybe the maximum that there is possible out of it? No, Rich. I think the the players the players are better than than ninth. Like it's just the manager doesn't seem to be getting the maximum out of them. To be honest, I think it's probably down to the lack of experience. We were probably like we kind of always were wondering should he have went and learned his trade and then came mm-hmm. to Arsenal and then it's kind of yeah. coming. It, it you we we always see the signs of it now and it all it's kind of coming now when you get to the bigger games. Look, he did win the the FA Cup last season, but. That can't give you a free season that's at it again, you know. And I would have been, I, I was and will still continue to support Arteta, but I don't think he may be there. He's probably not going to be the right man for the job in the end, but I'm never going to want his head or, or be roaring for him to go out, to, to be out, you know. I'd, I'd say my bit and that'd be it. But no, there's players there definitely that um, the, the, the players should be higher than what they are. And look, the the same players probably let down Finger a little bit and then they they let down Emery as well and they have let down Arteta as well to an extent so they can't be free of criticism either you know um, my only worry is from a, a new manager point of view is all these same players get a clean slate that's my worry I don't yeah. want these players getting a clean slate so if the manager is going we need to bin mm-hmm. off a lot of those players as well but mm-hmm. like yeah. even going back to last night Rich. We let we, we we signed a midfielder for forty five million and set him up to fail last night. Our best centre back our best centre back didn't even start the game because he can't apparently play with another partner apart from Louise. And we were looking at Mary and Hold and look they they were okay, they didn't really have a whole pile to do, but still Villarreal had chances to win the game. But why isn't your best centre back playing that game last night? You know, it's just there's different things like that. Apparently, you can play two left-footed centre-backs together, but Pep Guardiola done it the other week with Nate Naki and Laporte against Crystal Palace. Look, I know they're better players and they're, they're, and everything like that, but why? Uh, this was apparently against the rules that you can play two left-footed centre-backs, but Sal Campbell and Colatore were right-footed centre-backs and they won, they won the league together. So, how, I, I, I don't, look, there's, there's decisions that I don't understand. And I know we're kind of, there isn't managers that kind of would slap you in the face and go, right, let's get him in. There's probably managers in positions. Brendan Rodgers, he's probably not going to come to us. Will another man I'd like to see would be Antonio Conte. He's just won a league with Inter. He's not, probably not going to come. So we're kind of going to be looking outside the box again and for a manager. And then, look, that may not guarantee success either. So there's probably two in my mind that I don't know would... You guys probably won't agree with him, but the big there is the guy out managing Atlanta, Gasparini. They play good football. They score a lot of goals something that we don't do so why not and the other man is he's above in scotland with rangers steve gerrard he went out learned his trade he's won them a league he's toppled celtic and won a league at a canter and they're going to win the league unbeaten look we're probably you could say look is it going is it not going to be a lot of the same but he's learned his trade he he's seen football he's seen he's making the top decisions so Look, as I say, why not? My, my, again, another concern is we'll go into the summer if Arteta isn't gone. 
do we really trust Arteta and this board to to give them the funds to go out and get the correct personnel to come in and and do the job? Because you look at it, if it doesn't if it doesn't turn around, he's going to be gone by Christmas. If if the results don't turn around, and then you have three, four, and five players that may not suit another manager, so you're actually gradually going to get yourself worse before it's going to get better. So, look, it's a big decision for the club to make, but. I don't think any of us here trust him to make that right decision. I mean, I, I, that's, that's an inter- that isn't an interesting point, actually, because I believe that if the board are, and I think maybe just to calm everything down, they might well invest some money in the squad this summer. If they if they don't make those big investments this summer, to me, it proves they don't trust Arteta. If they keep Arteta and then don't spend a lot of money on players, that proves to me they don't trust Arteta. Whereas if they get rid of Arteta and then they would then be able to invest heavily in the new manager if they back him. Do you see what I mean? It'd be interesting mm. to see kind of how that plays out this summer. Actually. It'd be an interesting summer, definitely. You know, and there needs to be something needs to change. I think if we go into next season with the same manager without investing massively in the squad, we're going to be finishing mid-table again, aren't we? And we've got no European football to fall back on. We've got no Europa League to bail us out and keep us interested. And it's going to be... It's going to be um, quite shocking. Um, Ryan says, yeah, in Benitez, I trust. Well, he certainly wouldn't do any worse, would he? Let's be honest, um, the experience that he's got. And uh, Russ says, yeah, Eddie Howe. <laughs> Not quite sure if Eddie Howe is um, is is the right man. And um, there's a question for you, that Dave, there. Did you think Graham Potter, what do you think of Graham Potter as a replacement? That's interesting. Yeah, Rich. I like Graham Potter, actually. Yeah, I do. He play he, he he has Brighton playing good football, you know. They just haven't been taking their chances this season, but they play good football. He sets the team up well. So I just don't think our fan our, our fan base will will accept Graham Potter to be honest, Rich, because we no. do have a lot of snobbery in the fan base when it comes to different things, different competitions and different players. Yeah. So I think he'd be he'd be coming in, he'd nearly be fighting a losing battle before he comes in, uh, Graham Potter. So where I would like him and I suppose the the level-headed Arsenal fans we could see there is the potential there to do something. I don't know. He's almost going to be. He's nearly going to be, as I say, fighting a losing battle as soon as he comes in. So that will probably get on top of Graham Potter as well. No, no, I, I agree. I, I do feel that he wouldn't be the Arsenal fans. That's not the appointment that the majority of Arsenal fans would would appreciate for that very reason because he's a Brighton. Um, it's funny because I suppose when George Graham took over at Arsenal, he'd come from Millwall in, in the second division. And I know he was a former Arsenal player. Um, but even maybe now, if we was to get a manager from the second division, even if he was a former Arsenal player, I'm not sure the Arsenal fans would be as open as they were with George Graham. I know we've had Arteta in who didn't, but at least he came from Manchester City, didn't he? So I think people maybe thought he was going to do a lot better than he did. Um, I did want to move on, actually, especially to Fedorzy, because I know I'm a big fan of Arteta. Is to, the sort of statistics, actually. This is actually Arteta's total record at Arsenal since he took over. This is in all competition. So we, we played 82, 141, drawn 17, lost 23, scored 139 goals, conceded 81. So we conceded basically one goal a game. And the win percentage is 50%. Now, for me, that doesn't sound disastrous, does it, when you look at it? But then you have to look at this. In the Cups... He's got a 64.2% win ratio in the cup. Played 28, 118. And a lot of those games, if you remember, were in the Europa League group stage against very, very lower standard opposition. So you look at his league his league record, which to me is what counts. 
42.5% win ratio in 54 games, 23 wins and 18 defeats. 88 goals scored in 54 games isn't great. 58 conceded, which is more than a goal a game, actually, in the league. 82 points in a season and a half. Um, looking at that, Dorsey there, his league statistics, you know, is there anything there that makes you think, you know what, maybe he deserves a big summer of transfers in, he deserves more time, or do you look at that and think, you know what, he's had 54 games and he's just not done it? I think, first of all, let me clarify the position of me being a, an Arteta fan. <laughs> I, I absolutely have supported him because, I mean, it's been a while since I've been on the show, so a lot's happened since then and things have seemed to have got quite a bit worse. But, I mean, I looked at, I took, I took a, I tried to take a step back and I looked at the bigger picture of what he came into. He came in halfway through a season. He came into a global pandemic. He had no pre-season. You know, you've gone from one season straight to another. So for me, it, that for me warranted a little bit more time just to allow him because he hasn't had a proper season yet and and that's the one thing really that that he's kind of that for me he's kind of clinging on with i've seen a lot since christmas which i've not been happy with and, and touching on dave's point about the center backs it's the one thing this season that's really it's it's pissed me off all season anybody that knows anything about football you build a partnership. You find your two best centre-backs. It doesn't matter what foot they are. It's absolutely rubbish. Like Dave was saying, you can play two right-footed centre-backs, so why can't you play two left-footed centre-backs? It doesn't make any difference. If You find your best centre-back pairing and you stick with them. You don't rotate them unless you were absolutely forced to. But mm -hmm. I can't think of three or four games in a row where he hasn't changed that centre-back partnership. And, and obviously, you're looking at the right-back and the left-back as well. I mean, you look at the, the, the famous back four, I mean, they only miss games if they absolutely had to. You know, you had a, a, a structured back four which you build from. And that's the one one thing from, from my perspective about Arteta that has really kind of annoyed me because you just don't do that. You, it doesn't, you don't need to have an amazing amount of knowledge. To, you, you build from the back and you do that by having a solid back four and a solid goalkeeper that all have a relationship and know exactly what's going on. But yeah, the centre back rotation is just is beyond a joke for me. That that really gets on my nerves. Um, but for me, in terms of me being an Arteta in fan, that's really the only thing that I'm looking at. Is the sense that if you're gonna if you're gonna judge him when it's going bad, you I kind of think you've got to give him a little bit of a fair crack of the whip and say, right, have a summer, have a have a full preseason, and and then see how the season goes. Now, I'm not saying that that gives you a gimme to last a whole season. I'm not saying that. If come Christmas next year, we're sitting in the same position we're in now, then absolutely, you've got to make a decision. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not against the club making a decision now, but I guess, and, and touching on Melvin's point earlier on about the foundations, this club, it feels like a snow globe and someone's gone like that. And it's just... That we've got no stability through that club whatsoever from top to bottom. You've got an owner that just doesn't give a shit. You've got a board that have got no experience whatsoever trying to oversee a manager that is learning on the job. So going back to Dave's point about putting someone in like party and you're setting him up to fail. And you are, absolutely. But actually, I think the club have done exactly the same thing to Arteta. They've set him up to fail. What have they done to support him? You know, financially, all right, I know he's brought in some players, but 
he hasn't got the structure above him. He's trying to do it all by himself. Edu's trying. They're all probably looking around thinking, well, well do you do that or do I do that? Is, is that my responsibility? Where does it all sit? So I just, you can't ever build anything unless you've got a solid foundation to build from. And at the moment, the club from top to bottom is an absolute mess. And there is not one person in that boardroom or on the pitch that I trust fully, not one. Every no, single one of them people are going to let us down at some point. So you almost do need to hit the reset button. And if you're going to change Arteta, that's fine. But if I look at all the, the usual candidates that are floating around, people like Allegri, Conte, which you mentioned, all of these are the same names. If, if we went and got Allegri tomorrow, the fan base would be happy because it's a name. It's a name manager that people are just going to assume that he can, he's going to come in and he's going to get the best out of it. But actually, I watched the Juventus team under under Allegri, and they were boring as fuck. I, I didn't enjoy watching them play football. Yes, they won the league, but I mean they were by far the best team in Italy. So that it was would have been a they would have had a harder job not to win it. So, like Dave said, if you, if you're going to replace Arteta, you you you're going to have to think outside the box again. And is that going to what's that going to guarantee? It's not going to guarantee anything. And like Jerome no. said, this might not be the worst it gets we don't we don't know if we've hit rock bottom yet because but for me from an Arteta perspective if you give him a full pre-season you give him summer you give him some money and you try and allow him to go and do his job properly with a full pre-season then 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 I can judge him fairly right now I'm I'm not happy as you guys are and and, and I wouldn't be against seeing changes but I just think a lot of it has been a slow decline, like Melvin was saying. This this hasn't happened overnight. A lot of clubs above us have got, or below us, have got better and have overtaken us. And at the same time, we've gone stagnant and, and gone backwards. So that is a, a combination. But it, there's so many factors, and I think everything seems to fall at Arteta's feet. Listen, he's part of the problem. I'm not I'm not giving him a... I'm not, he's not got a free pass on me. He's part of the problem because he's made plenty of mistakes and we're out of the Europa League because of him over the course of the last two legs in my opinion but it's not it's not just him there's bigger problems at the club than just Mikel Arteta and that's why I kind of think you can change the manager every week if you want but it doesn't guarantee anything so no I'm, I'm with you on that I am with you on that and you know I thought it was interesting what you mentioned here about um you know Arteta sort of been set up to fail and I can kind of see where you're coming from with that and that that is probably true actually i would say but equally then does arteta do you not feel that arteta maybe feels that because as as we've mentioned earlier on tonight that he has backed the owners um and the owners are basically as you said thrown him under the bus in a, in a sense giving him no real opportunity to, to succeed in the job yeah they have but what, what, what can down. he say what can he come out and say it's his first Nothing. managerial job he, he can't come out and rock the boat and say these guys haven't backed me you know, I'm sitting here on my own trying to do a whole job that I don't know what I'm doing. I've got no one to learn from, no one support. He can't come out and say that. We can all see that's the case. We can all see that he's got a board behind him. He seems to get on all right with Edu, but again, Edu doesn't know what he's doing either. So it's, yeah, I, 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 I do think that he, he has been set up to fail massively. But yeah, I, I, I would love him to come out and be honest, but at the same time, he's, he's, he's not going to do that. And I guess... He has to save face a little bit and try and he is the face of the club and he has to try and protect the club. And I guess that's why he comes out with these statements about saying, yeah, actually, we have regular dialogue. We get on all right. 
you know, I do feel supported. They're all the things that I guess you, you want to hear. You want to hear that there's a harmonious relationship behind the scenes, but we all know that's not the case. So in for him, I'd, I'd just rather, and it's probably better for him, is he just says nothing about the Cronkies at all. He just keeps his mouth shut and just yeah. Yeah. tries to get on with his job rather than come out and support them because... Like I said earlier, he's not going to win any fans by coming out and saying, yeah, they're really nice guys. If you get to know them, actually, you'll really like them. Well, I'm never going to like them. They've been at the club long enough <laughs> for me to know that they don't give a shit about the club. So, yeah, yeah it's frustrating. <laughs> no, no, you're right. I mean, um, you've got uh, you've got a fan in, in the chat, actually, there. Um, Mafazi there says, thanks to all the opposition. <laughs> it was an impassioned, lucid and honest assessment. I have to agree with you. We had, a, we had a bit of a... Well, I, I know him, so we had a bit of a me oh. too last night about Arteta as well via tech. So, uh, <laughs> right, <I was> <laughs> clarify my situation on Arteta. No, you know, and I, and I don't necessarily think that, um, you know, you, you are probably pretty much spot on as well, to be fair. But uh, the only kind of negative side to that, or the opposite side to that, if you like, is the fact that Every other manager in the Premier League has gone through the same over the last yeah. year and a half. And some managers have, have done better and some haven't. Um, but if, if you look at the league table, really, when, when you look at the, the teams that have uh, that have done well this season, they were teams that you'd have expected to do. It's only really Liverpool that have maybe dropped down from where you would have expected them to be. You know, and West Ham have maybe overperformed, possibly. I mean, Leicester were in and around the top four before. Obviously, Man City, we, we know how good they are. Um, Chelsea as well. I mean, I Spurs have roughly again. They're having a similar season to last year. They haven't gone down, you know. And it's only really Liverpool and, and probably us out of the top kind of seven or eight teams from last year that have seemed to have found all this whole situation so damaging to to the results on the pitch. Whereas others seem to have coped with it a lot better. The teams at the bottom were struggling before. They've been struggling again. So it hasn't really made a lot of difference to them, has it? overall when you look at the you know the last few seasons where they were finishing in the league anyway so um i mean sheffield united is perhaps another one but i think there's a few other issues there perhaps anyway but um i, I did find that interesting that you kind of um you know that, that that you look at it in that way which is which is good actually because i think it's easy for everybody to maybe look at the results and the performances and not maybe you know i don't know whether you guys listened to Aubameyang's um interview before the game actually these press conference that he did um and a lot of the problems that he was saying about you know he, he's his family can't get to the games this season they haven't been able to because of the travel restrictions and um and that wouldn't just be him that would be affecting a lot of players and i don't think maybe as fans we've maybe thought about that too much the effects of all this other stuff as well not just on the players but on on other stuff as well outside and maybe that has been a factor and maybe you're right and maybe Arteta hasn't dealt with that particularly well and that's added to the problems that he clearly was going to have anyway because of his inexperience and because of the problems at the club and you know maybe I don't know I mean I know Melvin I know you you, you kind of was kind of swaying towards um, it being the end of the line has that maybe made you think a little bit differently about it or do you feel that actually this is the right time for us to be looking elsewhere still? I think we've got to look to improve. What, what worries me, if we come to the uh, summer and what Dave said about, you know, it depends who he buys, I think it's more important who he sells. I mean, last summer he had the chance to raise a few quid, maybe Knowles, Bellerin, even Lacazette. You know, you're talking about perhaps 70, 60, 75 million there, right? He could have raised that money. Holding, he probably could have only loaned out. You never know someone might have thought. Well, I'll take a chance on him. But plenty of what he does, he doesn't seem to get rid of the players. 
and that, that, that might be a problem this season as well. He's got to get rid of more this summer than he did last summer. I can't see him doing that. He seems to hoard the players. He, he probably thinks, well, if we can't get the best out of him, I don't want anyone else to. And, and it's wrong. We've, you know, there's so many talented players. I'm hoping that some of them are past their best or they're not going to be good enough. And we just got to get rid. I don't care if they go and become Maradona's it's irrelevant to us. We've got to do the best as we see. And if a player's not going to perform for the Arsenal, like we think perhaps the winners of this world might be, just get a few quick from thank you very much and move on and change it until we've got the right recipe to go forward. And and and, and we're talking about I know he's got a lot of pressure on, got a lot of things against him, but he probably knew listen, we played Man City the week before he joined us. He, he saw how bad we were then. It was no surprise to him what we were like and going back to the point where he's at, he has got a lot of games to my career the, the club hasn't perhaps supported him as they should have done but the mistakes he's made are irrelevant to how the club has supported him he's made nothing to do with the experience either he's obviously careless that you think to yourself a Sunday league match you wouldn't say he sent the ball off with in a few minutes to go in a semi-final of a European Cup, your best forward allegedly, you wouldn't take him off. You wouldn't suddenly bring on William for whatever reason that was. I mean, I don't know why that was. Was it a bet to bring him on? I don't understand what he would have brought to the team. You know, I'm serious. I just don't understand it. He put Saka back to left back, therefore restricting our attacking on the right. You know, all these things are... Look at it, you think, if you're a Sunday league manager, you're playing, how are you doing, boss? We do it. You're right. And yet he does that at the top level. Very, very elementary mistakes that has you scratching your head. I mean, I thought blood was coming out of my head last night. I didn't stop scratching my head. It's really, really unbelievable some of the mistakes he makes. Listen, it's not personal. It's business. All right? I would love to sit down with him and have a chat with him. He's a lovely guy. He played the Arsenal. He captained the Arsenal. He managed the Arsenal. I would love to have a lunch with him. Blah, blah, blah. That friendship, nothing to do with the business. The business side, sorry, not for me. Yeah, I mean, again, you, you make fair points. And I, I did read somewhere today, actually, about um, the the sort of uh, the style of play that Arteta wants Arsenal to play. And, you know, very similar to the Manchester City style, I suppose you could say. And um, very... Um, methodical, isn't it? I, I got a feeling that, that the training is probably quite methodical with the players to get them to learn this style of play that he wants them to play. And I read somewhere today that you know maybe the players, you know, we, we tend to go for the safe pass, the, the, the sideways pass or the backwards pass, a safe pass because you know they may be not hundred percent sure about how else to do it because they don't maybe get it enough. Perhaps I don't know. Uh, and it kind of made sense when I read it. I'm thinking, yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe the players are playing within themselves and maybe they are going square square passes and backwards passes because um, they don't quite get it properly and they don't want to make a mistake. You know, you're better off just giving a nice simple pass to somebody else, passing on the responsibility because you maybe don't understand or you're not able to maybe do exactly as you... I mean, Lacazette almost touched on it, didn't he, a few weeks ago when he said... We didn't we didn't do what the manager wanted us to do. And is that because they don't they're not able to do it? They don't get it, or 
is he overcomplicating it maybe is that what he's doing i don't know what, what do you think Jamal? i know you've kind of been like you said you're a little bit on the fence with it really aren't you still with Arteta? i mean do you mm. think that maybe he's overcomplicating the tactics and just instead of just saying to the players go out and you know express maybe you know a little bit of what wenger used to do he used to basically just say just go and play go and play your game express yourself whereas i think with Arteta, he's restricting them isn't he and that's maybe why willock suddenly come out of himself yeah, I think he's he's really trying to put his stamp on this group of players rather than letting the players play to their strengths. Mm. And um and obviously it's not working. It's not not working at all. Um the more the more the more I think about it, I I can't see him I just can't see how he's going to last to be honest, like after after sort of Christmas time. Because if he's going to continue with this approach and being so like not robotic with his with his style of play, but so structured with everything, mm. and a lot of these players stay, then it, it you know it's not as if he's been here for two weeks and he's only had a few training sessions with his team. I mean, mm. he's had he's probably had hundreds of training training sessions with these players, and um, yeah, it's. Ah, I, I thought what what Dalsey said before was really good, um, like in in his defence, and I, I I really I I agree with a lot of, a lot of what he said, um, and I want it to be like if he gets sacked, I want it to be like plainly obvious that there's no other option and he's got to go. Like I think maybe me and Dalsey are trying to like give him sort of the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think but, we both want to see it work because, like Melvin said, like he's you know he's played for the club, he's captain the club. I mean, he comes across and all the stuff he said when he when he joined, you know, he really, I mean, he won me over from the off with some of, some of the, what he wanted, that he wanted the right mentality, all of those things that he was he was saying the right things. And I think probably, yeah, I agree with Jerome to, to a certain degree. I, I would love to see this work. I would love to see him succeed at Arsenal and for it to, to really kick off. I think it's, when you look at all of the other top managers around the around the world you look at them they've all they've all got a philosophy they've all got a way of playing but i guess what they've got i mean when you look at the way wenger played i mean he played the same way for 20 years for 10 years it worked no one had a problem with it but for the second 10 years when the players weren't good enough to do it that's when we had a problem with it if we had no plan b you know we, we couldn't change the way we were playing but that but that same way of playing made us go through a season unbeaten you know, we won yeah. three Premier League titles. You know, so every top manager has a way in their in the, in their mind that they play football, and this is the way. This is the way I want my team to play. Mourinho's got it, whether you like it or not, he's got it, and it's and it's been successful for him throughout his career, up until Spurs. Um, you know, so I guess what Arteta is trying to do is is he's obviously got in his head his philosophy he's got the way his team want to play and he's trying his best to try and stamp that but what he hasn't got is the experience to say right i don't know what, i don't know what to do now this is the, i want my team to play this way this is what i want them to do but these players are either not good enough to do it or i'm not communicating the right way to them how to do it so it's one of the one of the two things or a mixture of both but for me you don't and i always remember um, an interview that Gary Neville did. Now, obviously, we all know he was he was quite unsuccessful at Valencia in a, in a short period of time. But I remember him saying he went into the club and said, "This is way up, this is the way I want my team to play." And I remember him saying, 
some of the players were questioning it and some of the players were, were commenting about this isn't working. So he changed it. And that was his downfall. That got in the sack, essentially. I know he wasn't doing very well anyway, but so I, I guess if you've got a philosophy in your in your head, I guess if, if you're convinced that it's going to work, if you've got the right players, then you have to stick with it. But what he hasn't got is the experience to know how to deal with that. He's got players that either can't do what they're asking him to do, or he's not giving it. He's not. He's not communicating it the right way. And I guess that's where it's it's coming unstuck, I suppose, to a certain degree. But whatever happens with Arteta, whether he stays, whether he goes, I am convinced that this experience will make him a hell of a lot stronger, a better coach, and he will learn a huge amount from his time at Arsenal, regardless of how long it lasts. So, yeah. But he's got to stick with his philosophy. All the top managers do. So. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Do you think? Do you do you think if if we get to the summer when Arteta will be in charge? Look, we we know that. Do you think maybe a couple of weeks off in the summer when he can kind of take a step back from it and maybe reflect on everything that's happened and maybe kind of think it over again? You know, because as we say, we were last season into this season and he kind yeah. of really hasn't ever had a kind of a chance to kind of take a step back from it. Do you think he might benefit from maybe taking that little bit of a step back and go kind of just reassess the situation again and then kind of come back yeah, maybe with a more an open has, mind? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I mean, that will help because it's, it's pretty much been nonstop since the day you walk through the door. You know, he's not really had a chance to take a step back and, and kind of look at the bigger picture. But I guess for me, when I look at the kind of players that he's trying to bring in, you know, people like Kieran Tierney, I mean, he's probably everybody's favourite player at the minute. You know, he's got the right mentality. He, You know, he works his socks off for the shirt. You can see how much he means to the fans. And you look at someone like Thomas Partey, which, yes, so far, he hasn't lived up to, to what anybody was hoping us. But for me, you always get that first season to settle in. He's had injuries. You know, I, I do think he's going to come good. And I just look at those two, and Gabriel as well, another player, big, strong centre-back, which we, we, these are the players that we've been crying out for for years. You know, we've never placed, replaced Patrick Vieira. And Thomas Partey, although I would probably never compare him to be as good as Patrick Vieira, but he's the closest we've ever come to replacing him, in my opinion. So I just look at it and I just think, if, if these are the kind of guys that Mikel wants to bring in, then, then I'm all for it, you know. These are the players that I want to see. I want to see players that want to fight for this shirt. I want to see players. And, and you mentioned about Xhaka earlier on, but and I know he gets a lot of stick. And listen, again, I'm not his biggest fan, but that guy's a machine. You know, when was the last time? I know he, I know he pulled up with an injury because he got stamped on the other day. But apart from that, when was the last time he missed a game? You know, he's a constant. He's a constant throughout the team. And, and for me, the last three or four games that he's played left back, we have massively missed him in midfield. Mm -hmm. And I think if you have a fit Kieran Tierney last night, a fully fit, fit Kieran Tierney with Granite Xhaka next to party, for me, I think that game changes quite significantly. So you can, you can be a Jackson fan or not, but we miss him when he's not there. It's a, it's a, it's a fact. But I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. You know, there is no right answer. You change him, you're not guaranteed any, any anything changes. No, you stick with him, and you're not guaranteed anything changes either. So, I don't know. As, uh, was it was it Jerome said earlier? We, we don't, you know, just because you change something doesn't necessarily mean it's going to improve. And we've no. seen that ourselves, and we've seen it else, elsewhere as well. 
I mean, what were you going to say then, Melvin? Did you, you want to come back? Yeah, I said, you know what no one's spoken about? And I think it's a very big factor at our club. You're saying that he's under a lot of pressure. He's got to do this, he's got to do that. Where's his backroom stuff? Why aren't they giving him a bit of support? Why aren't they telling him he's making a mistake, a stupid mistake? What's, I mean, like, come on, I don't, are you sure about that? Do you think we ought to try something different? Do you think we ought to do this? Where's that? They're getting paid money to be doing their job. And if they're yes men, then I'll, I'll take the job. Thank you very much. Like, we don't yeah. need yes men around the manager. We need people to help him. Sometimes to be critical without being rude. He's got to be, yeah. and that will give him support, funny enough, on criticism. You know, you could all of a sudden he gets a different slant on things, another person's opinion that he respects, and it just gels together. So, me, yeah. he seems to be stuck out there by himself, and there's no whispering in his ear when we're 1 0 down, is there? They're all around him when we score a goal, but when it's 1 0 down, it's like, where is everybody? And that is totally wrong. Yeah. He's picking the wrong bathroom stuff. But do, do you think, listen, do you, I don't mind if he gets the ball at him and he gets some decent number two, three, some fours in. Perhaps that'll make him a fair person. So yeah. that might be an answer. Melvin, do you think that maybe he should have, and for me, it's maybe um, a missed opportunity for him, he should have got some ex-Arsenal players, maybe that he played with or that he knew, to come in and help him. He's got his own coaching staff in, you know, Steve Round and, and whoever else it is as well, which is fair enough. But surely somebody, an ex-Arsenal player, to, just to help him along the you, way. You know what would be perfect? You know what would be perfect for him? The one that he, he played with, and they got on very well, and they got the, they both get the club. Mertzaka. Uh, Mertzaka is a great shout. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you what. He doesn't. Is, is he a bit young? Young Mertzaka. You've done stuff with Paul's gladiator. I'm telling you. He will no, start as it is. Yeah, and it, I think he he understands football clearly. Um, he's he understands the game. Yeah, he's a leader. Yeah, yeah exactly. And no, that, that that's a good shout, actually. And you know, why hasn't he done that? This is what I don't understand. Why he's not got ex-Arsenal players? Him being an ex-Arsenal player himself, it, it doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't do that. You know, he's got coaches in that he trusts as, as coaches around him, which is fair enough. But I agree, they don't seem to be telling him where he's going wrong. But maybe that's because they they you know they just agree with him. You know, I suppose it could be just that, couldn't it? I don't know, but. I would have been getting if, if I would have been Arteta, I would have got a few ex players to help me, you know, mates that you have because there'd be loads of people that you must know that aren't necessarily in coaching, it, not necessarily to coach the team, get your coaching to coach the team, but just to help you with the players because sometimes it's about getting into their heads, isn't it? And you know, maybe he needed he's needed some help with that, perhaps. I don't know, but that seems to well, be. Well, can you imagine, Richard? Uh, not trying first half, and you know you go back to the dressing room and Mertzak is waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Just someone that, it does. Yeah, that, that, can, that can maybe hand out the bollockings that you that you can't do yourself. And that might be yeah. what's needed. Not a coach, just someone to... Good cop, bad cop. Yeah, almost, yeah, exactly. Something like that could... could made a difference and maybe that could make a difference going forward perhaps. Have you got from his number any of you? I'm gonna phone him up, it's a bit of idea though. Have you any, you know? <laughs> it does it, it does for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel like Arteta is very much out there on his own. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't yeah. it doesn't look from when you look at it from the outside you just he hasn't got any help from anyone from anywhere in his first job in a huge club. 
And I think those that, that's a culmination of, you know, it, things aren't going right, but he hasn't got the experience to know what to do in that situation. He's got no one around him that he can say, look, I, I know I need to change something, but I don't know what I need to change. He's got no one to turn to. And, it, and this is why I go back to saying that the club have set him up to, to, to fail because it's, you need, you need to, in your first job, it's such a huge club. You should have arms around you, left, right and centre every day. How's it going? How are you getting on? Like, how are the players settling in? How are they getting on with this, that, X, Y, Z? You should have people asking him questions every single day, making sure that he's getting on all right, just showing him that there, there's people there that are there to support him. And that, that there isn't. There's no one. There is absolutely no one in that club. And that I, I, I really feel, and that's what I feel for him. And I, I've got an allegiance to him because I, I like him. You know, he's ex-Arsenal, he, you know, he's a captain. I, I want it to work, but it's not working. But I don't think that's entirely his fault. I know mean, he, no, he, no, he, no. he's not he's not stupid. He is not stupid. He knows that something needs to be no. changed. But he hasn't got any any support around him to, to try and help him make that adjustment. So, But he, he was allowed to bring in his own people, though, wasn't he? So he had the opportunity yeah. to do that. Yeah, absolutely, he, yeah. He, he brought the people in that he's got rather than maybe looking at people that maybe understand Arsenal a bit more as well, you know, because obviously all those, the coaching staff he's got in, they haven't got any history with Arsenal, have they? None of them. You know, they're just no. people that he obviously knows and trusts and stuff like that, which is great. Get them as well. But surely he had an opportunity to to do that. Yeah. And James actually, in the, in the chat there, James Powell's made a good point here. He says, I'll take a bombard players of information. It's a case of information overload. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, do you know any other manager who screams instructions, stay, go, sit, his players for 90 minutes? Um, and and Terry says, yeah, yeah, a dog handler, <laughs> which is probably fair. But it's right, isn't it? You know, you, that is what Arteta's doing. I think I saw a video once of Thierry Henry doing exactly the same when he was at, um, where was it? He was, I saw he, that video, yeah, I saw that. He was doing ah. exactly the same and he wasn't successful either. It kind of, no. there seems to be a theme there. You've got to allow players to express themselves and not constantly tell them what to do because you yeah. know, they're all experienced footballers. They know how to play the game. And yes, you want them to fit into your system. I understand that. But you've got to allow them a little bit of freedom. And I don't think Arteta does enough. Mm. And I think that's probably why. And maybe he's got the coaching staff around him who fully support his ideas 100%. And maybe that's why he's got them. Rather than how, many, how, many, how many times last night, and this, this bugged me at least 10 times, that we kind of have even a remote chance of a counter-attack. They give the ball to Pepe. He gets past the halfway line and then stops. Mm. You know, how many times did that happen last night? Yeah. And he cut back and he either played the ball backwards or he played it into the middle. And I just think, and I, and I know maybe once he gets up to the, the final third, maybe there might not have been a support there. But that's not his problem. That's that's <laughs> Aubameyang's problem for not being up there. That's Saka's problem for not being up there, you know. Get up to the final third, get the ball in the box. And if they're not in there, you've done your job. And that, that, <laughs> bugged, that bugged the life out of me. But that goes back to, that goes back to your point earlier, Rich, about not not making the right decision and being scared to make to be brave yeah, and to, yeah. to to make that final pass that might not work but if it does they're scared to do that and they really frustrated me last night i mean that the one time last night when pepe did do that it led to that header from a bamian which hit the post yeah. because he drove yeah. forward bellerin overlapped he, he played the ball forward to bellerin bellerin put the cross in and we nearly scored and if we'd done that like you said if we'd done that a lot more often in that game we would have had other opportunities and one of them would probably yeah. end up going in and we may well have won. But 
but mm. we were too conservative with the way that we attacked and not just last yeah, night massively, yeah. i think that's been, been in general actually um and james says yeah uh, his ego is engulfing him and i, I agree with that as well actually now, go on, Melvin. i can understand midfielders defenders not wishing to take chance with certain passes but about the times pepe got the ball wide and he had one player to beat and he turned around and gave it back i've never seen a winger do that I've seen yeah. other people do that. I've seen midfielders do that. Drives me mad. I can half understand it to get confidence. But if you're a winger and you ain't got the confidence to beat one player and you've got a lot of skill, then you've got to go off the pitch. In fact, I only, I only saw it once. But I thought in the first minute he got the ball on the byline. He had a chance of putting a cross in yeah. in the first minute. And he dawdled it for some reason. Like showboating. I don't want that for him. I thought it was one of his worst games he had for us last time, actually. You know, but no, nobody played well, I agree, but I thought he was one of the really, really poor performers last night. He underperformed, even at his level. I thought it was shocking what he did last night. I'm surprised the manager didn't bring him off a lot. Did he take him off at all last night? Did he stay on? I can't even remember no, if he no. stayed on. Anyway, I, he shouldn't have got 45 minutes, in my opinion. The way he was playing last night, he just one of those games where he just didn't didn't have it at all. Didn't know what no, he no, was doing. He no, was no. more defensive than he was attacking, and that's what he's there for. So I think he was fortunate to play however minutes he played. Might played eighty or ninety. I don't know. But he shouldn't have played. For shouldn't have come out second half. No way. Uh, no, no, I agree. Um, Gary says there from DWTT. The fact we only um, makes. Uh, I'm sure he means subs before 60 minutes due to indoor red car seems limited. 70 and 80 minutes subs seem too late to make a change, especially for this team. Yeah, we do make subs, we do make changes too late. It's almost like he wants to over, overly trust the players to get it right eventually. And by the time he's realised that they're not going to do it, he makes the changes and it's too late to actually have an effect on the game often. Um, and Gary again says that Arteta has not owned the board management structure above him and assistant coaches that are actually helping him. But... Is he even asking for help? And that's, a, that's an interesting point. We, we sort of touched on it a little bit just a minute ago. Is he is he doing that? Has he asked for, for help? Has he asked to maybe, you know, get other people in to help him out? Or is he happy with the structure he's got? Um, and maybe he's looking at the players just not, not doing it. We're not sure, are we? Because I don't suppose we'll really know that because I, I doubt he's going to come out publicly and say that, is he? We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, I guess. We'll have to see because what, what changes he makes or what changes are made over the summer. And Russ says, I've said has been a, a manager 18 months and he seems to have learnt nothing. Well, yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. You know, he, he has been a manager 18 months now and he doesn't seem to have... He seems to be making the same constant mistakes time and time again, doesn't he? So that suggests he isn't learning. And that's worrying, isn't it? Because, you know, we want him to improve. Obviously, we need him to improve because of the position that we are in the league and, and where our season's on. So he has to improve. But... He doesn't seem to be showing signs that the penny's dropping and he's suddenly thinking to himself, this is what I need to do differently. And some of the comments he's made actually yesterday and today, I don't know, maybe the penny is, is dropping now. We'll have to see what happens in the future, but I'm not convinced yet. I must admit. Um, Terry says, yeah, um, what's the excuse for our terrible passing? It ain't as if we're pinging the ball around at speed. Well, no, that's true. We, we, we're playing slowly and um, we still can't get... The, I mean, some of Thomas Party's passing, actually, you've got to say, he's just... Pinging 40-yard ball out, straight out for a throw-in. He, he does it constantly, doesn't he? I'm not, I'm not quite sure what's going on with him, actually. But, but that's players, that is. That's. I mean, yeah, I know, obviously, yeah. the manager sets him up like that. But if a player can't make a 
10, 15 yard pass, no, then yeah. you can't lay that at the foot of the manager. No, 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 I, I agree. And I'm not saying every single problem that we've had this season is down to upset because it clearly isn't. There's a lot more issues than that. But as, as you've mentioned before, and I totally agree, um, he's he's got to take the responsibility that is his, his fault. And he's yeah, got to course. make changes to improve that going forward. And yes, the players need, need to be better. And maybe we need to change the players. I mean, I wanted to come on before we finish, actually. We, we do still, I know we don't want to think about it, but we have actually got four games left this season still in the Premier League. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure none of us are particularly bothered about those four games. Now, usually, in any other season, you'd look at the games, you'd think, right, we've got West Brom at home. They're, they're basically relegated. Three points, no problem. We've got Crystal Palace who got nothing to play for, muddling along in mid-table, three points. We've got Chelsea, who have got two cup finals to prepare for. They're going to rest and rotate their team, three points. And then we've got Brighton, who at the time we play them, last game of the season, are safe. They've got nothing to play for, three points. There you go, four wins in a row. Any other season, you'd say, that's what's, got, what's going to happen. This season, I don't think we're going to win any of them games. I've got to be honest. I mean, I mean what, what are you guys feeling about the rest of the season? Do you think these four games are important for the future, or do you think it's just a matter of, Let's just get them played and be done with. And who cares? What, what are you thinking, Melvin? Do you think that maybe Arteta can maybe show that he is, he is maybe learning a few things, throw a few of the kids in for these games? What, what do you think we should do? No, there are no opportunities to tell us what he's made of. It's into some of the European games, some of the games where he's had them on the bench. We've been well ahead of the team and we could have bought a brick for 15 minutes. I mean, Balogun, I'm not saying he's the crowd, I've never seen him play. But it seems like we're willing to give this kid a big contract and, he, and, he, and he, he can't even get on the bench. And when the only time he does come on the bench, we're like two or four up with 10 minutes to go, he won't bring him on. So it's like, no, nothing's going to change the next four games, are they? I mean, I think about the opposite. I think if he suddenly changes it the last four games, it proves that he's been doing it wrong and he admits he's doing it wrong. I just think we, it's more of the same. All he'd do, he'd just probably now pick the players that are 100% fit because it doesn't matter the result, really doesn't matter now. So he won't take chances of really injured, players getting really injured. I mean, you're saying that we're looking at what we look at these teams, oh, three points there, three points there. I bet these teams are looking at a guy at us and going, three points there. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, they will be, yeah, definitely. I'll be looking at us and thinking it's three points. No, but I say in any other yeah. season in the past, we would have said that's Yeah, of course. Um, and unfortunately now it's not like yeah. that. I mean, Jerome, what are your kind of thoughts yeah. on these last four games? And how how sort of seriously are we are we going to be taking them? Or do you think it's an opportunity to maybe start building for next season, which is what we've got to focus on now, really? Yeah. So from from my point of view, I would I would feel better and see it as a positive if what Arteta does is only play the players that he that he thinks have got a future at the club. So for example, if you're thinking of selling Bellerin, don't play Bellerin in any of these games. It's pointless. As you said, the season's finished. Um, who else is there? Um, I don't know. Leno. He's probably going to... Pardon? Leno, he, he apparently wants out. Yeah, if you're going to sell Leno, don't play him. There's no point. Um, I mean, I wanted, to, I wanted to see this earlier on in the season, to be honest. But he's, he's obviously... He's rotated so much. He's, he's played everyone, basically. Um Apart from Nelson. Yeah, yeah, apart from Reese Nelson. Uh, Lacazette. If you're going to sell Lacazette, don't play him. Pointless. Um, but I don't think he'll do that. I think we'll see the likes of William. You'll see Bellerin. Um, we'll see. I, I just, that's, that's, that's my fear, is that he won't, 
he won't do that. But if if he does do that and doesn't play the players that he's going to get rid of, then then I'm, I'll think, yeah, maybe he's learnt something, and that will give me a bit of hope for the future with him. Yeah, no, that's 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 an interesting point actually. Yeah, I, I think it would be it's an opportunity for Arteta, isn't it, to the players that he wants to keep play them like you said in the games. He might have to play one or two others because depending on positions and stuff like that. But yeah, I would I, that's that's a good point actually. Maybe that's what we should do. And maybe if we see that in the next four games, a few of the younger players coming in and a few of the players that are clearly going to be leaving, such as Bellerin, as you mentioned, Leno possibly not playing them, then maybe that that's a good maybe that's a good sign for the future. Maybe he. You know, he is planning ahead. Rather, yeah. I mean, he's probably not had the opportunity to do that this season because he's had the Europa yeah. League. It's been a massive distraction. <clears throat> it's been yeah. what we've been focusing on. He's been trying to build yeah. for that. So now we haven't got yeah. anything to play for. This is a good. Yeah. I totally agree. One more, one more thing. One more thing. As you said, there's there's not much to play for. Perfect time. Play Marie and Gabriel as centre backs for four games and see how they get on as two left footers, just to see. I know it yeah. probably won't happen in the future because we'll probably sign. Either Saliba will play, or he might sign a new centre back. But he hasn't exper- experimented with it with it once, and um, yeah. maybe that's something else to to try as well. No, exactly. And if we're going to experiment with anything, now's the time to do it, isn't it? These last four games, which mm. aren't nothing really resting on, because we're not going to qualify yeah. regardless, are we? No, that, that's that's a really good point, actually. Um, mm. Gary says, uh, "Jerome, you're my manager. Play the future <laughs> by William Bellerin, <laughs> by Os Leno." Uh, no, there is more. No, there is exactly. Yeah, that's that. That's exactly what we should be doing. And Terry says, yeah, and we could easily get rid of every player apart from our five youngsters. I don't think we would miss them. No, we, we wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't miss half of them. I got to be honest. Um, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and um, James says, yeah, our goal ratio tells you how devoid of confidence we are as a team, and the manager must take the plaudits for that. No, exactly. And and Tommy as well. Thanks for tuning in, Tommy. He says. Um, a good manager would make players better. Unfortunately, our better players have got worse under Arteta. And you can't really argue with that, unfortunately. It's, it's pretty much a, a fact, isn't it? Uh, That's where we are. I mean, what about you? What about yourself, Dave? What are you making of these last four games? What would you like to see us do other than maybe win at least one of them, I suppose? <laughs> <laughs> maybe two of them. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, look, just kind of put plans in place for next season, uh, Rich. Just maybe do kind of, <clears throat> if, you ha- if you're thinking of things that you want to try out, Look, now's the time. I think as well as give Saka a break. I think if he wasn't even play Saka between now and the end of the season, I wouldn't be overly worried about that. He's he's overplayed as it is. And Freddie Lundberg said it in his interview or on the analysis last night. Those kids are playing too many games. So maybe look, give him and Smith Road the time after the rest of the season if needs be and bring them let him refresh, recharge the batteries and come back again next season, you know. I wouldn't, so I wouldn't be totally against that. It's as Jerome says as well. Play the players that you you see a future with. Give Balogun a run. We're probably going to sell in Ketia, so give mm. give Balogun and Ketia's minutes. Minutes. Mm. Just don't play Willian at all. Another thing as well from last night is Rich. We needed a goal. Aubameyang was sitting on the bench, and we had in Ketia and Willian on. Like how how. How in a semi-final when you need a goal is yeah. your is your best striker sitting on the bench and uh, and William and and then are on the field and you searching for a goal? It's beyond me. But look, it's it's a chance, I suppose, to to try try a couple of things out and mm. surely he knows kind of what players he 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 wants and who he's going to keep between now and and, and the summer and going forward as well. And then look. 
put your plans there and, and take it into next season. I'd actually play Matt Ryan for the last couple, the last four games yeah. of the season yeah, as well. I don't like Leno's attitude, um, maybe even the whole season and even recently as well, you know. So I don't think he's had anything to worry about. So he's kind of fell into like a false sense of security. So let Matt Ryan in, let him play the few games. Um, maybe let his ease play rather than playing Danny Ceballos. It maybe mm-hmm. could be something we could do as well, you know. Give Martinelli the game. So just, it's a chance. Look, it's a free hit for the last four games of the season. The fans aren't going to get overly worried. And look, his job is probably going to be safe going into the into the summer anyway. So just go kind of experiment with it and, and see where you go for the for the summer and, and beyond. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I suppose the only the only kind of downside to that maybe is if we did lose all four games, for example, because of the experiments that you do, doesn't we finish thirteenth or fourteenth in the league? That's not going to look good on Arteta's CV anyway, is it? I guess as well. So there, there is a downside to experimenting too mm. much. But who, who's to say that you know making these changes, playing the young players, is going to make the results worse? They can't <clears> get a lot worse. Let's be honest. So what what's there to lose? You know, um, I'm, I'm sure we won't. Um, we, we certainly won't play as, as poorly as we have done, certainly at home, for the last few games. I mean, well, what about yourself, Dorsey? What, what, what's your kind of thoughts on these last four games? What would you like to see happen? Uh, personally, I'd like the season to have finished last night and forget about it until <laughs> August. But unfortunately, we have got to get these games played. So what would you like <laughs> to see happen? Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd, it'd be the same, Rich. I'd prefer they just weren't weren't ahead of us and we didn't have to play them. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. A, actually, I kind of... I think these four games are huge, not not just for Arteta. Um, I would like to see what Jerome said. I would like to see you play the players that have got a future at the club. Anyone else that, that the Danny Sabias of this world, if Odegaard, if he's not, if we not, if we haven't got any chance of signing him, don't play him. You know, any of these players that you can't see in an Arsenal shirt next year, leave them out. That's what I'd like to see. But actually, I. I think he's in a little bit of a lose-lose situation. You know, if he experiments and he brings in some youngsters, he mixes it up a little bit and it works. Say we win the last four games and he's mixed it up. He's brought some other players in. He's tweaked the formation or something and it works for the last four games. Everyone's going to get on his back and wonder why he didn't do that earlier on in the season, first of all. <laughs> yeah, if, he does, if, if he does that, if he, if he experiments and he brings people in and, and we lose those four games and like you say, we finish below mid-table, then, like you say, that that looks even worse and the fans are going to be on his back. So, actually, I actually think probably what will happen is not necessarily what I want to see, but he'll carry on the way it is and he'll carry on picking the players that he's been continuing to pick and he'll do the same thing for the last four games because that's the safest bet for him. Because if he mixes it up too much and it goes either way, He's going to get a certain amount of stick either way, regardless of whether it goes well. And we end up winning these last four games. People say, well, where's that team been? Where's that team that's gone away to Chelsea and beaten them? It doesn't matter that they're in two cup finals. They still need to make sure that they got top four for next year. So they're still going to want to beat us. They're, oh, still, yeah, going yeah, to have, yeah. they're still going to need those three points against us. Hmm. So that Chelsea game is, is, is not it by any means a gimme. They're still going to want to win that. So I don't see us winning that game at all be lucky to get a point but i I don't i don't think (laughs) either way he wins to a certain degree regardless of what he does um 
Yeah. I, I would like to see him mix it up a little bit. Um, I agree with, I can't remember it was about, uh, I think it was Dave actually, it said about Leno's attitude. That interview he did when Martinez left and he said, I am the number one, I was the number like, That's come back to bite him on the arse massively because yeah. actually I think as much as he's a good shot stopper, he is awful with his feet. Awful with his feet. And maybe that, I mean, some of that has to fall with Arteta as well and just says, if you haven't got a goalkeeper that can play with his feet, don't play it out from the back. But we've obviously continued to do that. But but actually, I wouldn't, he's one of the ones I wouldn't be too fussed if we lost. Because you, one, you'll get half decent money for him. Yeah. Two, I, I'm not saying that Matt Ryan's a, an, an adequate replacement, but if he's available on a free, I would certainly keep hold of him. Because from what I've seen of him, he's a decent number two, if nothing else. You know, if no, he's there, was, there was talks of the goalkeeper from Ajax today yeah. as well. He's, he's, he's a dope fan, though, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's not even... I mean, why are you looking at him in the first place? You know, we've got enough people like they just, yeah, I mean, stay away from players like that. Try and find some people that are a safe bet, you know. But, yeah, so Leno, I wouldn't be that, that bothered about if I don't see him in an Arsenal shirt again, if I'm being completely honest. I, you know, and again with Matt Ryan, um, you know he's an Arsenal fan. You know he cares about the club. So, you certainly, at least nothing else, you know, he's going to give everything he's got. And if he's not good enough, he's not good enough. But at least if you play in between the now and the end of the season, you know he hasn't down tools. You know he's going to give absolutely everything to try and to try and do his best. So leave him in goal for the rest of the season. I agree with Bellerin. I like him as a person. I like him because he's been at the club for so long. I like him because he gets the club. But the bottom line is he's, he's not good enough. And that injury seems to have made a huge impact on yeah, on, on his yeah. career, unfortunately, which is which is a real shame because he's not the player that he was. So if he goes, I wish him nothing but the best. But don't rotate the centre-backs. Pick, pick two centre-backs <laughs> and play them for the last four games. Try and build something. I don't even care who they are. I don't even care if it's Marion Louise. I don't give a shit what two centre-backs play. Just pick two and stick with them. I prefer it to be Gabriel. It's got to be two that are going to be here next season, though. No, of course. I, I, I would. I would prefer it to be Gabriel and whoever you want to stick alongside him. Louise is. I, I actually would probably give David Louise another another oh, year cool. because I think he's. I think he's good around the club, if nothing else. Um, but the other the other three, it's a toss of a coin, really. It's you know. <laughs> I don't know. Is Rob? I like Rob Holden again, but is is he quite good enough? I think he's done all right this season. Bearing in mind he's come back from a big injury as well. Um, Terry says, yeah. <laughs> make holding useful. Send him on a training course. Well, I, 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 I'd like to add to that. I'd like to add to that, gentlemen. We should send him out and teach him how to head a ball. Because no. holding cannot head a ball. I've never seen a guy head a ball so poorly who's six foot thirteen. Supposed to be a centre half. He cannot hit a man. Why does he go up for corners? Does he like giving away goal kicks? I mean, I've yeah. never seen him at the target with his head, and sometimes, not all the times, he's unchallenged. He does the same thing every time, over the bar, over the bar. Does he think that we are shit from set pieces? Away? Though we are, we are awful from set pieces. Oh, Our delivery is poor. When the ball hits him on the head, the ball comes no, to the head. I get that. He's going to get towards the goal. He, yeah, he never chance does it last night, doesn't he? Realize if you put your head down a little bit, the ball goes a bit, bit lower. Has he not realised that being the centre half? He's, he's put, yeah, they've got to send him out to school somewhere to teach him how to head a ball. And when you talk about Matt Ryan, the something is that Leno hasn't got. He's got presence. 
Leno yeah. in my opinion. When that ball gets crossed, I don't even know where our goalkeeper is, to be honest with you. I'm shutting me on. Where is he? Where is he? Where's Leno? Where? Yeah. Ryan, he takes command of that box. Right? Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of him. He might be a shocking uh, But what I like about it is that the defence got a goalie that commands the area. That's the first sign that he can have confidence. And I think what Leno does, I, which I'll swap, uh, swap him now. Ryan, yeah. I'd take all day long. Yeah, yeah I, I would. And I think what him. what Leno does is he makes those uh, those spectacular saves that it most of the time probably masks how good a goalkeeper someone is. If you can make a few saves like that throughout a season, and everybody automatically assumes that you're a you're a world class goalkeeper when maybe that that's not the case. And I completely agree with what you just said, Melvin. He's got absolutely no presence whatsoever in that box and yeah for me if someone came in with a decent offer i would i would i would, I would certainly listen to it and use that money elsewhere um yeah yeah i, I, I agree as well yeah I, I quite like matt ryan actually i think he's a decent keeper as, as melvin said i do trust yeah him, trust him he, you know he comes and gets the ball and he's better with it at his feet as well actually so he probably suits the system better as well and he knows and he'll command the back four ball. You know, it will constantly speak to that back four. They did the yeah. video, didn't they, of the yeah. under the mic or whatever they call it. And, you know, he's yeah. constantly talking. He can talk mm. in different languages. He communicates with people in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. What more do you want from a goalkeeper than yeah, someone that can want. communicate with your back four? That's half the battle, that is. I think he gives confidence yeah, absolutely, to yeah. in front of him as well, you know, because he, he's commanded. Um, J James says there, actually, he said, I don't care if we win, lose or draw. In fact, we don't want to be in that new third-tier European competition. I probably agree with that. Although he does say that a season without European football should help the next manager. See, I'm not sure from a financial point of view, if we, we need to rebuild the squad. And if we're not in Europe at all, we don't have that extra income, the, the rebuild is going to take a lot longer. So a new manager coming in without big investment knows they've got a massive job on. And I think it will, it's going to hold us back not being in Europe, I think, personally. Yeah, um, I agree. Just from a, from this, this year in particular, after the money that the club have lost, not just our club, all clubs, you know, this was the year, if anything, to be in Europe to at least try to recoup. I know we've actually lost five percent of our European income as well, haven't we? As our punishment yeah. being involved in the Super League. And obviously, next season it's not going to affect us because we haven't got any European income. But in going forward, it will. So you know, although it might be an idea to maybe get into that, yeah, get into that conference and then you know, get rid of that five percent now, maybe I don't know. But I, I think that European football is quite important for us, actually. Um, and James says there as well. He says we don't want our CV. To get boosted by four wins, believe me. Well, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because if we did win all four games, and you know, you'd assume then that, that there won't be a change of managers, just because if they were going to change it, they'd have changed it now. And if we, if we lose all four games, and you can see at the end of the season, yes, they probably would get rid of it if we finished thirteenth or something. But if we won all four games and we finished eighth again, we probably wouldn't. Um, you know, we probably wouldn't. Uh, Get, get rid of him, perhaps. Gary says there, he says to, to Dawes, he says, Arteta needs to do what's best for the team in the future. If he's confident in his plan, then he shouldn't care what the fans think. He won't make us happy no matter what he does. Well, he'd make us, he'd make us a bit happy if he'd won last night, I suppose. But um, I completely agree with that. But it's, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what he does. Well, I've got a question for you guys, actually, if you don't mind. I'm actually, and I know, and I know not being in Europe, I know it's not, the, it's not, great for the club right it's the there's the worst possible time like you just said rich for us to be outside of europe yeah. but and excited is not the right word because i'm not excited about next season whatsoever but i'm quite intrigued to see what happens because 
surely that forces somebody to make a decision. Somebody has to do something, whether that be Cronky, whether they sell the club, whether they invest significantly more than they have done previously. What they can't do, I mean, you'd like to think they can't just leave it as it is, but I'm quite intrigued to see what happens to the team next year. Because you look at the Liverpool team that they were out of Europe for a couple of years, they got Klopp in, you know, and then obviously the the rest is history. And they've, they've kind of gone from strength to strength with that. Obviously, they've been financially backed quite heavily, but but actually that, that first year out of Europe actually did them the world of good. I know financially it's not... It, it's not good, but I'm quite intrigued to see what happens because mm. you can't you can't leave it as it is, and, and it will take an even if you're an astute businessman like Cronky, even if he is, you can't just leave it as he is. He's got to do something, surely. So I'm quite intrigued to see what happens based on the fact that we're not going to be in Europe, based on players, managers. Just be interesting to see how everybody reacts because I mean I'm I'm 38, so. Even when we weren't in Europe, I vaguely remember not being in Europe. Pretty much for all time that I've been very, very close to the, the club and, and followed it this closely, we've always been in Europe. So for me, I'm kind of thinking, well, it's a bit, a bit weird not watching football either Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday. It's going to be a bit odd. Um, mm. But the players should be fresh every weekend. Um, you can fight a bit harder for domestic trophies maybe. Um, if you've got the score to do so. I'm just intrigued just to see what, what happens next year. I'm not saying it's a good thing that we're out of Europe, but in some cases, and Liverpool being one of those cases, it, it, it worked out not too bad for them. So mm. it'd be interesting to see what happens. But I just wondered what your thoughts were on that. Yeah. I mean... Anybody. <laughs> I, mean I, I, understand, I, I understand that, you know, we've been in Europe for 25 years. So... It's going to be a, a, a new experience for everybody, really, you know, fans. I mean, when I first started watching Arsenal in the early 80s, um, we wasn't really in Europe that much. And then there was the ban anyway. So we had four or five years without European football anyway. So you kind of got used to that. And they, they kind of developed a couple of other little competitions for everybody just to fill a few extra midweeks. I remember one cup we won, some centenary cup thing that we won because there was no European football and stuff. So... Um, I didn't mind it back then, not being in Europe. I wasn't really that bothered either way. I, I've got to be honest, European football, I don't particularly like it, especially. So, us being in Europe or not, from from my point of view, I'm not really that bothered about. But from a financial point of view for the club, I think it, this season particularly was massive. And yes, yeah. I think next season be, you know, there's no excuses there to rotate your squad. There's no excuse to rest players for this game or that game because we're going to have a lot less games next season. We'll have 38 league games. We'll have a, a few, hopefully we'll have a few FA Cup games and a few League Cup games. There's no reason why we can't go all out to win the two Cups or try our best to win the two Cups, play our strongest team in every round. And, you know, see, you know, because we are more of a Cup team anyway. So maybe in that sense, we might end up, you know, getting to both domestic finals, possibly. We'll have to see how, how that works out. But that, that's perhaps the only upside to it. But it's, it's the financial side that really worries me, actually, about it all. And that's going to be, we won't know the full effect of that probably yet, but we'll see what happens, you know, when, when the transfer window comes around and that kind of stuff. But in terms of the football season itself, it wouldn't really bother me because it gives us all a bit of a breather during midweek as well, because it's been, this season's been ridiculous, hasn't it? You know, yeah. you haven't had, it hasn't been hardly any midweeks off. And I know when we've had a midweek off, when it's been an international break, we've all been bored. I think, what can we do? But I think over the season, it actually might be a good idea. You know, you play poorly on a Saturday or a Sunday, 
probably more on a Saturday next year. And then you, you can kind of, you've got a week to kind of get over it and prepare yourself for the next game, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, what, what, I don't know, what, what do you guys think about it, not being in Europe? You, you kind do you of, only... The only downfall I'd find from it, Rich, is, is how big our squad is. We've a squad nearly in touching on like 30 players. That was nearly yeah. a problem in itself last season and, and coming on now. And if we're out of Europe as well, is how like how do you keep all those players happy? Like you can't. Yeah. It's it's yeah. just it's probably it's yeah. yeah. You need to you need to sell. You could have to sell an up eight, nine, and ten players. If we're going to be out of Europe, oh, just to the keep more them the merrier, the more the yeah. merrier. Well, if yeah. only, if only. Plus as well, plus as well, we, we still play. We still pay in Champions League salaries, aren't we, to a lot of players on Champions League contracts? Because that's where we were at the time, and we're not going to have that money coming in. That's going to be a problem looking ahead, isn't it? If we're not in Europe next season and we don't qualify for the season after, some of these contracts we've still got to pay them because they're what you know. Unless we can sell the players on, which is going to be tricky. So we could get ourselves into a bit of a financial mess, actually, if we're not careful, if, if we're not in Europe for more than one season. I mean, I remember people saying, oh, well, a season out of the Champions League and the Europa League might not be too bad. And there we are five years later. <laughs> and you know, we're not even going to be in Europe at all. So, do you know what I mean? It's, it's difficult. Yeah. It is a tricky one for me. I mean, what, what are you thinking, Melvin, about that? About not, do you think that I've got, I've got a theory. one season, if it was one season? i got a theory. I don't think being out of Europe will help us win the league. <laughs> you don't think I don't know if it's true or not I could be wrong I don't know I don't think it really is uh, the defining factor listen if we're out of Europe it's uh, it, it makes no difference to me at all because I don't even want, enjoy watching these European games I mean the uh, the game we played in the group stages was hard really I didn't even know where some of these clubs come from what country they were when I was told I still didn't recognise the country you know, it's... Hey, I, I don't be saying that about Ireland. Sorry, Dan, don't sorry, I apologize. No. I'm saying, <laughs> it's, a bit, you know I'm saying. it's a bit like that. It is a bit like, listen, we all want to get into the European Championship where we're playing the Real Madrid to this world. Not every year, but the top teams, the Inter Milan's, I could name 10 or 12 top European clubs that historically have been there. 12 is a bad number but 10 or 12 European clubs have really been there. And that's where you go to either Hydra or the Emirates on a night game to watch those teams, watch them in those famous colours of theirs, and you see a game of football. I don't want to see us having to play a European game on a Thursday and having to put some reserves in because the team we're playing ain't all that. No, that's not we could, have, we could have played Real Madrid every week. What's up, yeah? What's wrong with you? Why, why would you not want to see yeah, the league? No, yeah, you could have yeah, played them yeah. week in, week out. <laughs> We'd be thinking again. Like, like I said, I don't want to play every week. But <laughs> European football, to me, as it was, was getting through to a situation where you're going to play a tip top. You're rubbing shoulders with the creme, creme de la creme. And let's face it, we, we're going to do that now. Definitely want to do it next season. You've got to not in Europe, and we didn't do it this year. Who would we actually play this year? You would call Cremona from Benfica, which we struggled against. I mean, Benfica are well known. They're famous. Exactly, Rich. I agree. But they're not one of the what I would call the real top, you know, quality European no. clubs. No, we didn't. We didn't. They're not the pedigree. 
of the um, of, of some of the clubs, and that's why I don't I won't miss not playing the European games. No, that's aggravation for me. I'll get less, you know, I'll chill out a bit more not watching it. Exactly. No, I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, and obviously the the, the uh, European Conference would be even better, wouldn't it? Because we'd be playing teams from you know Azerbaijan every every week and stuff like that, which would be fun. So yeah, we're definitely better off being out of that. I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that, then, Jerome, about not being in Europe? Are you kind of, like I always said, not really excited about the prospects of it, but it'd be something a little bit different because we've been in Europe for as long as we can remember, really. Yeah, I think it. I think it should benefit. It should benefit us because lots of reasons there's obviously there's no traveling um no not as much rotation that we don't like as Dulcie said like having you've got more chance of having a settled first 11 if you don't have these midweek games uh you'll probably pick up less injuries so i i think it's i think it's uh decent and as, as dave was saying before about having such a big squad so if you're not in if you're not playing as many games next season then you can sell more players, which means that you can raise more money. Yeah. Um, also, in terms of being in the Europa League, I don't actually know how much money that generates for the club. What, 50, 60 million a season, perhaps? Maybe? Possibly. I you think s- it's even you, that. You, you sell Lacazette and Bellerin, you've, you've covered yourself. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, it, I think it, in, in theory, I think it should benefit us. I'm just interested to see whether that's the kick up the arse we need. Because let's face, let's be honest, right? If if it, if we if we don't get Europe, which we're not going to, let's face it. So if nothing changes this season, this summer, and going into next season, it's never going to change, mm. is it? If if yeah, it doesn't yeah, change yeah. this this season, and what you said earlier, Rich, about playing paying Champions League contracts, is a very much a valid point. But actually, I mean, if Cronky turns around and says that I'm not going to fund that. If you can't afford, if you if he doesn't fit in with an our wage bill, if he's too expensive, you got to sell him. So actually, th- that can work two ways in the sense that you might get a higher turnover in the squad. Which, like we've all said tonight, actually, there's not many players there that we would be too disappointed in seeing the back of. So it might work out in our favour if you get a higher squad turnover if we can't afford the the higher wages, but. I'm just interested to see whether that is the kick up the arse that, that everybody needs, the Cronkies, everybody, because if it, if this isn't the kick, then there is no such thing. It's it's never going to change, is it? No, no, I kind of agree with that. Um, Tommy says, the last time we were this bad, we went and bought the Iceman Burkamp not long after Wenger came. We all know what uh, the history, hope the history repeats. Well, yeah, that, that was true. Last time we wasn't in Europe, um, <clears throat> we did go out and get Burkamp, didn't we? So um, who knows? Yeah, we had, we had a different board, though, Richard. We had a different yeah, board of directors, though, didn't we? Well, we had David yeah. who kind of knew what he was doing. So. Yeah, yeah. And had the club's interests at heart as well. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, and Terry says, yeah, does he totally agree? Should be interesting, but the ball did back Klopp, obviously going back to the Liverpool thing before. Yeah, that. well, this is this is what I'm saying. If they don't back him this, this summer, and they're not going to back anybody, it doesn't matter who's manager, if you're out of Europe and they don't yeah. back him this summer, then they're not going to back anybody, are they? No, no, exactly. Uh, and James says, yeah, the rebuild has to start with the manager, look at Lampard and two Cal situation. Yeah, we, we mentioned that a bit earlier. Um, and uh, Fudzi again says, I, I can't see the Cronkies doing anything. They won't sack the manager because they won't want to pay the compo. Yeah, that could be true. They won't invest either because their policy has been 
the club being self-sufficient. Uh, and then he goes on to say there, and we won't be able to buy marquee players from self-sufficiency after COVID and no European income. Well, exactly. That's my worry with no European football is what is going to get invested back in the squad. Um, and Dave says, being out of Europe didn't harm Leicester. And he says it might even force Cronkay's hand. Yeah, as we just touched on there with, with Dorsey there. Yeah, that, that could well be uh, well be the case. Another interesting point here from Tommy, actually, that some of our young players have made their name in the group stage of the Europa League. That's very true. Emil Smith-Rowe comes to mind. Saka as well scored his first goal, didn't he, in the Europa League for the club. So, mm. yeah, when are we going to get a chance to blood the young players in the League Cup? Maybe one or two games in there. At least with the Europa League, you've got six games in the group stage to, to blood them in, haven't you, I suppose? So that, that's another thing we've missed, perhaps. Um, Terry says, yeah, what happens next season if we don't make European football again? We'll be in massive trouble. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on that before. I definitely think we will. One season we may get away with. Two or three seasons we're not too sure about. I mean, we said, I said we said with the Champions League. Uh, Paul says, yeah, the club is a mess. The squad needs an overhaul. It certainly does. Uh, still no captain leadership on the pitch. Last night in particular, without David Luiz and Jacker in the team. Uh, no settled lineup. Too many senior players using us for pension contracts. It certainly seems to be the case. Um, I we can't really argue with that too much. Uh, and Terry says it's okay saying selling, but would you want to buy any of our players for big money? That's the point, isn't it? We couldn't get rid of Ozil, could we? We didn't clearly want him. We couldn't get rid of him because of the contract he was on. And that could be the same with some of these other players that we've got on a bigger contract. Williams on a big contract. Who's going to buy him realistically? Bamiyang. <clears throat> we could maybe sell a Bamiyang possibly, you know. But um, we could be stuck with a few of these big contracted players, even if the club say we can't afford it. What are we going to do? We can't just turn back their contracts, can we? So we've got ourselves in a bit of a mess there. And Gary says they're not sure we can compete. Um, we can compare Chelsea with the Arsenal situation. Well, no, we, we can't really. Realistically, that's um, true, Gary. We need, Very a, true. Better we need yeah. a better owner. The only the only kind of comparison I would make is the fact that um, Tuchel got more out of the players that were there that were underperforming. And technically, the same could happen with us. Not to the same degree. I'm not saying we'd be in the Champions League final <laughs> or anything like that. But we certainly could have got to the Europa League final, possibly, if we changed our manager mm. in the season. But we'll never know because it didn't happen. Uh, and Mike there says, even as a United fan, it's upsetting to see you lot in this situation. Come on, Mike. You don't really mean that. Do <laughs> <laughs> I know we would, we, would we would be enjoying it. So, come on, be honest. You, you, you don't care. You, you're enjoying the fact that we're struggling, as I'm sure most other... Certainly the media are. That's for that's for dead certain, isn't it? I think Melbourne just fell off the edge of the cliff, hasn't he? What's he? Where's he gone? <laughs> okay. <laughs> just on the look, turn around, and, you, and you're gone. And um, Mike says, "Yeah, good day, 2021. Yeah, well, obviously you'll be there. Um, and Uno Emery's going to do you, so don't worry about it. <laughs> he definitely will. But um, although to be fair, I don't think that was a great side, and we uh, we missed a big opportunity there." And unfortunately, it's Man United are going to probably beat them, and that'll be that. And uh, yeah, it's going to make our situation a lot worse when the, the two European trophies are won by English clubs. And we, we've let the side down, haven't we? We're the only, we didn't make it a full house, did we, by getting knocked out? And the other three made it through. So, but anyway. I must admit, I don't think I could have coped with losing two European finals to two English clubs within three years. I don't think I could have, yeah. I don't think I could have coped with that. I, I still yeah. think we could have beat United, you know, in a final. No, I did. It was going to beat yeah. Chelsea last time, to be fair. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, I mean, we were lucky to get that far. We struggled against Olympiacos. We struggled against Benfica. Uh, and we struggled against Villarreal. So, I don't know why everybody was so confident <laughs> that we would go <laughs> we on to beat United. 
out of all the knockout stage, it was only one. We only played well once out of what was it, eight games. That was the, the yeah. away game of Slavia Prague, and that you know that kind of says it all, really, doesn't it? Whereas Villarreal yeah. actually, they apart from last night, they've won every other knockout game, and they haven't conceded a goal away from home in a competition. So you know that, that's certainly going to give Man United a game, and I actually think you know Emery might might beat him. I'll be certainly um, I'll be certainly cheering for him anyway because he's he's been quite respectful to Arsenal actually. He was last night as well, I thought. Some good comments after yeah, the game he made in, in his in his press afterwards as well. So fair play to him actually. Um, Russ says there Arsenal have a terrible record in Europe. Full stop. We have a terrible record of progressing in Europe. We've got a great record of qualifying, but not for doing much else, unfortunately. Um, and Mike sir, even said that in a one-off game you could beat us, but if it was over two leagues, I think we would have had you. Possibly, yeah. Although it would be two leagues game, this year, we'd have won one nil on aggregate. So um, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and we've got Lewis in as Everton fan. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for watching, Lewis. Um, obviously, um, you guys aren't doing too well, are you, lately either? You've got the same problem with us. You can't win at home, which uh, is, a bit, is a bit of an issue. It's been an issue for a few clubs, actually, this season. But anyway, um, luckily, we've only got... Is only one home game? No, we've got two, haven't we? West Brom and Brighton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the sooner this season's over for me, the better, really. But anyway, yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's been, I, I found it pretty therapeutic tonight, actually. I've got to be honest. I kind of feel a little bit more optimistic about everything than I did maybe two hours ago. So um, it's good to get it all out in the open, isn't it? You know, and I, I, I kind of I kind of feel that we're probably not going to see a change of manager because if we were going to, we would have seen one today and we didn't. So mm. my guess is Arteta will still be in charge at the start of next season. And hopefully, like you've touched on Dorsey, maybe this might be to kick up the arse that the Cronkies have needed to, to actually properly invest in the team or sell one or the other. It might be what's needed. So maybe it might not be such a bad thing after all, but we'll see obviously what happens, you know, at this moment in time. Uh, we don't know, do we? And Mike says there, who have you got on the weekend? We've got West Brom at home. So um, Sam Allardyce, it's going to be a good game, I'm sure. And he says... Um, Wait, can't you lot finish 30? No, we probably can finish 30, but I wouldn't be surprised if we did, if I'm slightly honest. But anyway. I think um, this guy's using us just to take the, take the mick a little bit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to kick him out. Let him enjoy his moment. Yeah. You know, <laughs> until Uno Emery does him in the final, then he can probably ask him back. So he'll be fine. Let him enjoy his moment. I'm sure he's not the only one who enjoyed last night, actually. Uh, there'd be a few people that uh, would have been liked us losing, I'm sure. So, um, But, you know, he's part of being an Arsenal fan, isn't it? used to it now unfortunately better times are ahead i seen a thing rich uh, i seen uh, i was looking at a clip last night and and going down through my feed on twitter and then there was a spurs fan and she turned around and said uh, uh look i know our season has been shit but as a spurs fan do you you always know arsenal are going to do worse and then kind of thinking <laughs> how like where where is oh, the logic in that comment yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> I was just, they, I they seem to be some Spurs memories. They don't. They don't recollect the last twenty years, do they? <laughs> oh, trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny that they keep saying, "Oh, you know, we're going to finish above Arsenal five seasons in a row." Well, that's great, but we've actually won three FA Cups in that time. Yeah, in finals and semi-finals. So you know, um, it's it's levels, isn't it? Really, I guess. But anyway, uh, and Mike says, "Yeah, he says you won't hear from me if Villarreal win on May the 26th. I'm sure we won't. But um, we'll def you'll definitely hear from us." Um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be good so we look forward to that game anyway but so uh, yeah so anyway thanks for you guys for, for for coming on the show tonight i say i think it's been quite um quite 
um, therapeutic for me anyway. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Melvin, as always, um, where can people find you on uh, on your socials? On your socials, it's uh, Melvin, the only way Arsenal marks on Twitter, but on this channel, over and over, over again, obviously, on uh, Brian's channel, Mr. Arsenal, and on uh, Andrew's channel, from Dark Square to Web. You can find me there. And um, we might have a special show tomorrow, might we, Melvin? That's right. Yeah, we're uh, talking about we'll have a we're chatting about our cup run 71. And tomorrow, about 5.25, we're going to have the programme start. And that's when we we think we worked out. That's when Frank lifted the cup 50 years ago. So we're going to start it then, talking about uh, the, the memories of that unbelievable cup run. That's finished up by lifting the cup. So, yeah, look forward to that on this channel. It is on this channel, isn't it, Richard? This one? Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sure. No, because you were, we were going to, it was between you and Ryan, wasn't it? Yeah, no, we've, yeah, we've been doing a few this week. This will be the third show that we would have done actually on the double season, 50 years. So, that's going to be good tomorrow. That's going to be a good show. Yeah. Too. But if it's you do like a little bit of history, um, we're going to be talking about that tomorrow. It's going to be good. So, um, I mean, Melvin's been doing a lot of work behind the scenes to get these shows up and running, which has been great. So, um, really appreciate that. And I'll hopefully, um, you guys will enjoy the show as well. It's going to be good. Um, the 50th um, of the 71, the 50th anniversary of the 71 FA Cup final, which is actually tomorrow. So, we're going to do a show to, to commemorate that as well. And, Jerome, again, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Where can people find you? Because you're, you're on another show as well, aren't you yourself? Cheers. Yeah. Thanks, Richard. Yeah. So, um, they can find me at the Transfer Exchange, which is uh, the Transfer Exchange show, which is on Sunday nights, 8 o'clock, or just my uh, personal Twitter handle is just Jerome underscore Marks. Fantastic. So it's been great to have you on. And definitely check out Cheers. the uh, show there on a Sunday. Good stuff goes on there. Uh, and Thank Dave you. as well, obviously, you've got your own channel. You do some great stuff over there. Just give that a little plug as well. Yeah, look, it's, it's there as the S, as the out now gunner. You'd see me on Anthony's channel, Republic of Arsenal, merely more so than... Than even my own. So look, yeah, we, we we're kind of similar to yourselves. Is we're a level-headed approach, and it's kind of there's no going over the top or anything like that as well. So no, it's enjoyable. So thanks again as well, Rich, for having me on as always. No, no problem. It's always a pleasure to, to have you on and speak to you. It's always good to get your thoughts as well. And of course, finally, last but not least, of course, Dorsey. Um, have you not got your channel sorted out yet? You still not? You still not getting it set up? <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the process of moving house, so uh, I've basically I've given myself a deadline. When I move, I'll have a bigger house, so I'll have a bit of space to maybe set something up. So that's kind of kind of aiming towards uh, starting next season to maybe look into looking to start something up. So, and to be honest, I don't want to talk about Arsenal right now, or look at <laughs> Arsenal, or watch Arsenal, or read anything about you know. So it's um, I. I kind of had to force myself to come on here, not because of your channel, just because I just yeah. wanted to be as far away from anything Arsenal related as I possibly could. But, um, but actually, yeah, it has helped actually just kind of just chatting about it and just, it, it, it does help, you know, it helps people yeah. talking yeah. to people that are in the same yeah. situation yeah. and have the same feelings. So no, I've enjoyed tonight. Um, but yeah, so at the moment it's just, just I head over to my, um, my, my Twitter page, which is, you can see there it's at Dorsey 2801. So, yeah, drop over, drop me a follow, come and say hello. And just don't mention Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Not until next season, anyway, when you've got your Not until next season, yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike says there, he says, um, bye, lads. I'll see you in Gdansk. Oh, no, I'm only joking. <laughs> good show. No, you won't. Not off, Mike. Let's hope you have a good, you have a good trip anyway. Uh, and Tommy gives us a thumbs up as well, which is great. And Shane says, uh, great theme. Thanks, lads. Take care. Uh, Terry and lads in the chat. Come on, you gooners. Yeah. And um, Fazzy says there, great discussion, lads. I totally agree with you, Rich. It's been very therapeutic just listening to you guys chop it up. Good. I'm glad you've enjoyed it as well. It has, I think it's made me feel a little bit better anyway. With life. Can, I, can I just, Richard, yeah, go on. can I yeah. just say one last thing? You're talking yeah, about on. our not should have would have been sacked today because of what happened last night. That's not true. The Pronkies don't get the result until Monday. <laughs> so it's <laughs> after Monday, if it's all. Okay, yeah, they've got, they've got no idea we're even out of Europe. They probably didn't even know we exactly. were in Europe, to be fair. So, <laughs> when they get the result on Monday, they get an update, they think it might happen then. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's maybe true. Yeah, so they probably thought we were in the yellow shirts and jumping about celebrating. So they probably thought we won. It'll <laughs> so, uh, be a shock to them when they find out we was in red actually and we lost or we got knocked out. Uh, and Paul says they're a great show. Thanks for watching, uh, Paul as well. So thanks for all you guys in the chat. It's been some great comments actually. I, I don't know if I'm, I tried to get through as many as I could. I think I've got most of them up. Um, if I missed your comment, I'm really sorry. I do apologise. Thanks for putting it in. Oh, Russell just said there actually a bit, a bit early. He said sorry, he's been linked. I would be happy with that. I'm not sure I would, to be honest. I think Conte is the Chelsea manager that would be probably better, ex-Chelsea manager. But um, uh, I guess he's got a bit more experience anyway. Um, but I say thanks to all you guys in the chat. Thanks for a great panel tonight. I say I've really enjoyed it. I say it has kind of been a little bit therapeutic for me. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as well. And I'm sure we'll all be back on Sunday, won't we, to watch the game, even though we don't care <laughs> about the result. Um, I mean, I'm going to be actually on Sunday. I'm doing a watch along of the Arsenal women's game, their last league game of the season. Um, mathematically, they sort of need a point for Champions League, but um, there would have to be a 28 goal swing between Arsenal and Man United. So we'd have to lose massively and Man United have to win massively to, to change that. So we basically qualified anyway, but I'll be covering that game. And also, as well, we've got an FA Cup game next week as well. So the Arsenal women still might win a trophy and qualify for the Champions League. So I'll be covering the games there. That's on Sunday. I think it's two o'clock that kicks off. Um, and then I'm still de deciding whether to do a watch along for the West Brom game. I'm not really that motivated to do one at the minute. And it's a stupid time, seven o'clock on a Sunday. I can think of better things to do in my life. But I'll see. I might do. I'll see how I feel after the women's game. I might do one. I might not. I don't know yet. Um, but I will do a preview of that West Brom game probably tomorrow. I'm kind of easing off on the pre-recorded videos, I think. I think the live shows are probably better, actually. Um, more people seem to interact with them, and it seems that maybe people prefer doing them, which is good. So I might stick more to live shows rather than pre-recorded stuff, but I'll see mm. how that goes. But anyway, um, thanks to all you guys for watching, and thanks for the great panel tonight. It's been a fantastic a pleasure, as always. Uh, make sure you check out those guys on social media as well, and obviously the, the channels, obviously Jerome's channel, the Transfer Exchange, and... Uh, and Dave's as well out and out done a podcast and of course he is on the Republic of Arsenal Anthony's channel which is another great channel as well um, that we support here so yeah and I say tomorrow night we have got a very special uh, show on the 1971 FA Cup final um, for the 50th anniversary of that so definitely tune in for that we'll probably go live a bit earlier Melbourne, maybe five minutes so we're actually on yeah. air at the time yeah so but I'll put a link out on Twitter and everything like that so if, if you like Arsenal history then tune in for that tomorrow. That's going to be a good show that uh, we're going to enjoy looking back. There's some great guests we've got lined up as well. 
who were there and experienced it all. So that's going to be a really good show. So make sure you tune in for that. And in the meantime, of course, as always, we like to... Now, we're going to keep positive, aren't we? You know, we're going to turn this around. And next season, it's going to be our season next season, isn't it? When have we heard that before? <laughs> as always. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> we win the double next season. Yeah. <laughs>